So my question is if you're not on why are they choosing to do it in the afternoon because I feel like that is the big difference <laughs> where like the SAG Awards uh, why did it start I was at like, 4 30 yeah the SAG Awards I was like watching a movie and then the movie ended and I was like why is everyone talking about the SAG Awards and I guess it was just because it was on YouTube so everyone could watch it Whereas, yeah, the Indie well, Spirit Awards, it was happening in the afternoon and no one watched. Well, Indie Spirits are traditionally in the afternoon. They've always been. But they're the thing is sure. different is they are usually the day before the Oscars. And this year, la this year and last year, they were like a week or two before. Uh, and I think to you, traditionally it was like the afternoon of the Saturday before because like you need the night before to like get ready sure. for the Oscars Take and all that. If you're Oscar nominated. Uh -huh. um, and I'm, I'm, there's maybe Oscar events also that they're competing with. But uh, I guess mm -hmm. the beach, like the, the, the tent on the beach or whatever, maybe they need to get that down by sundown, sundown or something. I don't know. They serve lunch, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> they serve lunch. I, as, a, as a member of Film Independent, I have no insight into uh, how they actually do the logistics of a <laughs> And I guess, yeah, your invite got lost yeah. in the mail. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm only at the, as a, at the year. As an owner of $75. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Former Well, not owner. anymore. Former yeah. owner. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Jesse Catherine Weber, and I am joined by Andy Gramuga. I choked on my mouth a little bit there. I don't know what happened. On your mouth? Colin Ashley. <laughs> on some air. Emilio Diaz. <laughs> this is truly the worst intro Are you okay? of all time. I'm fine. There was just like a little, like something caught as I was breathing in when I was about to say my name, and I was a little thrown off by it. We can That's do it okay. again if you want to. I don't need to. No. Set us up, Emilio. Uh, yeah, today we're here to talk about video games. And who better to talk about video games with us than the self-proclaimed only person with good taste in video games and movies, blank check researcher, J.J. Bursch. How are you doing, J.J.? I'm just happy to be here watching the magic happen live. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! This energy, man. Um. Certainly the person <laughs> I follow on Twitter who, who tweets the most about video games. Yeah, no, I think this is this is the year I cross over. I am officially a gamer and no longer a cinephile. Great. Wow, yeah. It's done. Right on time. <laughs> <laughs> movies movies are out, video games are back in. I thought this was the I thought this was right. the now year that video for games you, are Emilio, where television. movies were good. Movies are good, but also I don't really watch them. I just read books. But we can get into that later. <laughs> anyway, I, I, before we get into what the podcast is about, Jesse, do we have any news? We don't. I just checked. You know, what? we're going to talk about South by Southwest happening. There's nothing to say there. Not really. Exactly. Sort of a gamers festival, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, listen, I certainly have gotten uh, PR emails uh, asking me to yeah. schedule uh, VR sessions for a film festival <laughs> that I won't be at. Yeah. Go do that so, in a Ritu virtual reality game that he did that one time. 
Yeah, they just Wasn't bring that, like that to every ago? festival every it was, year. It was definitely... It was post-revenanture. <laughs> you can go to a, sort of like a museum they have it and put the <laughs> Oculus sure. Rift on and walk around. Great. <laughs> Does Alejandro Gonzalez in Yaritu have a Steam page? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, like today... Yeah. He may have. And speaking of 12 minutes, today our podcast is talking. We're going to talk about Annapurna, both as a biggest producer of films mm. and distributor of video games. They were and very briefly a distributor of films as well. That, uh, yeah, arc that was did a real burn bright, burn long. short scenario where they yeah. were like. Like a year or two, and then they were like, "Nope." <laughs> yes, yeah. though they, I don't know, they like have uh, managed to finagle it where like some of the United Artists stuff they're like listed as co-distributing. Still, I feel like, but sure, yeah. yeah. I did pull the information. There was a few key video games that we'll be talking about from Annaburna. I did pull the movies that came out the same year that the video games came out. Great. Uh, and it's very interesting to see how few it gets as it goes on. <laughs> I mean, the number yeah. decreasing. Right, yeah. Um, but we'll, t- we'll yeah. talk about this, obviously. Before we get into that, I guess I want to ask everybody here, both when's the first time I think you probably heard or saw an Annapurna Pictures logo? Ooh. And what was the first movie, I guess, you saw? Which I guess is the same thing. What is the first movie you saw? That they had a hand in. I mean, I assume for a lot of us, it's going to be the same one. I mean, I remember it being so tied to. It was like the beginning of Annapurna and the beginning of A24 was around the same time. Uh-huh. And it, me, as like a young, you know, person into movies, I was like, these are the cool people. Right. <laughs> Megan Ellison, <laughs> she made, uh, you know, The Master. I was like, mm-hmm. that is probably the movie I associate with the logo at first. Sure. Right, so I, yeah, so like I think the first one I saw in a theater would have been her, but I feel like at that point it was like, sure. oh, these are the people that did Zero Dark Thirty and the Master there. Yep. Yeah, Z- yeah, Zero Dark Thirty I would say would be the one that I associated with early. I definitely mm-hmm. I saw the Master in theaters, but I don't remember that being part of it. But I guess are on the. Annapurna logo in Zero Dark Thirty, are they already playing 9-11 audio, or is it after? I think so. I think so. It, it might yeah. be right after, because the Annapurna Maybe. fanfare is sort of just, like, digital, like, or, like, like white right. noise, or, you know, yeah. like, uh-huh. static now, sound. So here's something. I bet I am the only person here who has seen the Annapurna logo on Celluloid. Because I saw The Where Master at? on a print sure. uh, when I was in New York several years ago. I, they might have shown The Master on 35mm when I saw it. Oh, yeah. you Because I, I saw it at my Yeah, indie. I think mm-hmm. it's really I also cool. saw Phantom Thread on a print. So, uh, And when did I first learn of Annapurna? It was probably Wait. on the Cigarettes and Red Vines blog when I was trying to figure out, <laughs> yeah. will Paul Thomas Anderson get money to make another movie? And he did. Another couple. Yeah. I was just about to say, that's the closest thing that we have to news, is that I did convince myself last night that uh, Paul Thomas Anderson is doing Vineland next, but that's all, sure. both not news and not a thing we can get into. <laughs> we can talk a little after we're done recording. Yeah. 
Emilio, have so yes, you? yes. At Zero Dark Thirty was probably the first one. I guess I was reading a lot of Grantland around the time, yeah. and I guess I was Dude, probably aware so of. Sick. <laughs> it was the peak. Truly, <laughs> we've talked about <laughs> how good we had. As Colin pulled out his cord, I, I can't. Uh, <laughs> deep rabbit hole. But so I probably heard about just like I guess like the gambit of Annapurna, sure. like them producing, them giving money to Catherine Bigelow and to. Mm-hmm, uh, right. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson for The Master and I guess other early Annapurna movies is Killing Them Softly which mm-hmm. we talked about recently. Andy's least Spring favorite Breakers, movie we've like... ever talked about. Spring Breakers, the it's, movie it's that would so... probably be Andy's new least favorite movie we've talked <laughs> yeah. about it. If we come, for the, come it. for the crown. <laughs> Have any of you seen any of yeah. the first four Annapurna movies? No, I was like looking totally at this 2011 straight and I'm like I've never heard of any of these. Uh, <laughs> no. I was going to say Catch 44, I've heard of, but there's a movie called, I think, Child 44 that is yeah, a I remember when Price that script, came out. and that's the one I was thinking. Are you sure you're not thinking I've of not... Hulu's uh, Catch 22? Catch 22, the George Clooney, you know, I have, it's not what I was thinking. Yeah. And I Famously think on Cullen's, on I bet it's good list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, had, I do have a lot of faith in that production. I mean, George Clooney, when has he let us down as a director? I think, you know, I think a full you know, episode of that you know. This is, Yeah, we got the number one um, Ides of March <laughs> on the pod, so. Did you ever end up watching Monuments Man? This is such a digression. I did. It's, but... you know, um, it's, it's, it's fine. It's like, <laughs> I get why it didn't really pop off at the time. That's the I most, I think, excite, the most uh, emphatic it's fine I've ever heard. It's sort of the opposite side of the same coin of Dirty Grandpa, where it came out too close to Trump right at the beginning. Where Dirty Grandpa people weren't ready for how unwoke it is. But Monuments Men is like, we should reach across the aisle. And I think people rejected that as well. One's a normal movie, and one's the best comedy of the past 10 years. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. They should do a Monuments Men video game in the style of that game Valorant Hearts. Is that what it was called? Mm-hmm. Valiant Hearts. Valiant Hearts, Hearts excuse me, sure, yes. And they should also do, do uh, a Dirty Grandpa style. video game. I don't know what style yeah. that would be. Point and click. Yeah. So it's like, so they produce a lot of movies. I believe we've talked. How many fan, how many Annapurna movies do you think we've talked about on this? I mean, podcast? You know, talk weirdly not a lot. It's like mm-hmm. a mid two thousand or like a mid to late twenty tens era that we don't really cover. It is like um, we started yeah. the podcast right after they stopped really existing. Right. Yeah, Kajillionaire is sort of the last one. Famously, it was right, yeah, which like I think they lost they, it. Yeah, they were going to put that out and then ended up eventually selling it to Focus Features. I famously talked about She Said on last week's special presentation. Well, yeah, (laughs) which is their big comeback. That's, yeah, the one that coincides with the Neon White release in 2022. Um, (laughs) The only movie they put out last year. I mean, they have to put out anything else. They said everything. She said it. They seem to have pivoted to Andy as their primary. (laughs) The (laughs) studio for Andy, maybe. Two of the the movies they have coming out are the uh, Corey Finley movie that was at Sundance that no one likes. 
and then Night Bitch, which we're all excited for, I think. But sure. yeah. I, there are movies a lot of us are fans of here. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess talking about distributed is funny because it's like, who knows if these movies ever would have gotten made? Like, probably a lot of them. Like, probably everybody wants some would have been made by somebody at some point. But uh, right. Sure. Well, I mean, yeah. I when I think about Annapurna, you think about like that narrative with them in my head is so that is so strong is like they're gonna give the second shot to to, to like newly exciting people like Catherine mm. Bigelow like rebroke out with with Hurt Locker and then they're gonna give her her second shot with um with Zero Dark Thirty um but then they'll give have, her uh, uh, another shot with Detroit yeah sure you might uh, say Barry Jen- yeah Barry Jenkins did Moonlight and then like it feels sure. like the talk was like yeah you might say they hand out blank checks to directors sure. after their guarantors. Yeah. I'm not familiar with this concept. <laughs> All right, I got to send you some three-hour episodes. Okay. <laughs> Do you uh, like For Love of the Game? Andy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, not really. <laughs> the, um... <laughs> I mean, I do, looking at this, I feel like there's a few where, like, they hand out a blank check and it works, and then they hand out another one and it's like, no, no, too far, because you've got, you've got uh, Zero Dark Thirty in Detroit, you've also got American Hustle, and then Joy. Uh, Maybe those are the only ones. Well, you know... In the public eye, you have Everybody Wants Some, which is very well-reviewed and well-liked. Oh, you have sure. Where You Go Bernadette. Then, but that movie's sort of great. And also, I don't, and, yes. yeah, also, I don't think that they handed Richard Linklater a huge blank check to well, make sure. Where Do You Go Bernadette. But, well, yeah. they got it back. I mean, was Let's Flag Flying? Was that part Amazon, part Annapurna, or all Amazon? I think, I think it's all Amazon. It looks like that was all Amazon. Well, yeah, so they, yeah. They, they got him back. Yeah. <laughs> they got him back. 20th Century Women is kind of like a... That's it. Like, well, yeah, that's also that's another, one of the, like, their second similar thing. to Moonlight. It's like a half A24, half Annapurna. Like, right. Yeah. Right. I guess this is an interesting angle to which to start talking about the games. Because I guess the thing I was interested in, like, between Annapurna and then in 2015, I think, they announced that they were starting a video game section to their to their production company which produced a lot of video games like usually small indie stuff a lot of stuff that if you're plugged into video games you might have heard of if you're not you probably didn't but a lot of stuff that's like well reviewed made some like end of year list Mm -hmm. because there they do seem to be mostly in the scope of just like finding small interesting developers and giving them money to make things rather than as with we're talking about with early uh, Annapurna, like giving people who are basically masters just like enough money to make whatever they want. I'd, I'd say yes and no, because you look at something like Solar Ash, for example. I mean, Hyperlife Drifter is this huge indie success. And then they're like, let's give this kind of proven person um, the distribution they need for their next one. Sam Barlow, too, is kind of following stuff up. You've got what is that? I'm blanking on the Gone Home guys second game. Oh, but yeah. they they do and the um, Abzu Tacoma. people they 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 put out the Pathless and this kind of thing. So there is a lot of that still. Like we have the money to kind of facilitate the next project, um, and they're really smart at that. The thing that's so interesting to me is, um, in case we haven't made it super clear, 
Annapurna was mostly a producer of films. They put up the money at the start. They're involved mm-hmm. in that side. And yes, they become a really shitty film distributor later on yeah. and butcher a lot of releases of great films. Or not a yeah. lot, but and then if Beale Street Could Talk counts for like up. 20 yeah. butchered yes. releases. It, you're right. It's not a lot only because they gave up after like two years. Right. And yeah. the interesting thing there is I think, I mean, early on, some of their releases like Spring Breakers become such a crucial kind of identity maker for A24, yeah. its distributor. And you have right. something like The Grand Master, which is, of course, distributed, which they finance, but is distributed by the Weinsteins and is cut to hell when it comes over to America. Yeah. So when they go into video games, even though they keep promising that they're going to develop their own kind of suite of developers, they are a publisher. They are the people who are essentially working in distribution now in video games. Um, mm-hmm. And I was, I was reading up... Um, um, uh, ben Lindbergh wrote this really great piece about Annapurna Interactive for The Ringer two years ago. And they actually, like, I think it's unfair to think of them just as the kind of publisher of these games because they do seem to work almost like a hub where they will take, they'll, they'll find these smaller companies and then cross kind of pollinate them and say, once that game is over, you can now go over here and help out with assets on that other game, which is so interesting because that's a huge thing that they offer is the ability to have these small teams keep consistent work, which is not how the indie video game field necessarily works. But it's so interesting that they, they are all about production they try distribution, it doesn't work, and then they, they get into essentially distribution of video games and are probably the most successful indie publisher there is right now. Sure. Yeah, that's another thing where that I was like sort of, that sort of piqued my interest about them, where it's just like, I guess as they completely were falling apart as even a production mm-hmm. company of films, they sort of gained the second life where it's all, you'd almost call them primarily a video game. At this company point, now, yeah. yeah, rather than a pre, uh, movie production company. So, well, I made all of. Wait, well, yeah, hold on. Yeah, I was gonna say. Andy said before we started recording, there should maybe be a very brief just uh, what uh, where some of us are coming in uh, in terms of video games recording this episode because I feel like. Before we try to talk about specific video games, it should maybe be acknowledged that there are some uh, very different answers to that question. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to okay. lead us off? Sure. I mean, I there. I think there are probably three video games in my life that I've uh, spent any significant amount of time on, which chronologically would be... Uh, for Minecraft and Pokemon Go. So that that would be my perspective on this particular uh, endeavor. Sure, sure. Andy? Yeah, I mean, you know, we had video game systems as kids. Uh, we had an original Nintendo Entertainment System, like, with, like, a Game Genie and everything when I was, like, really young. And then... We switched over to PlayStation, and we also had Game Boys, so that was sort of, like, part of my childhood. And then I sort of, like, you know, after the PS2 and and, and all that sort of stuff, like, I didn't really play video games 
in like in high school, college, like I would watch my brother, my younger brother play often. That was like a, you know, an after school mm-hmm. activity for me often mm-hmm. was just like watching my brother play uh, Tony Hawk's pro skater for hours. <laughs> Um, or or Ratchet and Clank or whatever like a very like all these sorts of you know these sorts of things. You sort of and invented then, Twitch. <laughs> I mean, I you know. I, I, I feel like this is a I feel like this is a classic brother. Yeah, thing. this is, yeah. we were not yeah. a unique situation. No, yeah, I'm yeah. Um, uh, and then yeah. Uh, yeah, like Andy, did your brother ever do the? Well, I guess it does. Is your brother older or younger? He's two years younger. 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 Okay. Yeah. Oh, then forget what I was. Gonna and ask. he was much. I was gonna and, ask you if your right. brother. I guess I was gonna ask if your brother ever did the thing where he plugged in control, where he didn't plug in controller too, but gave it to you so you could pretend that you could get like. No, I mean, you know, I was like, I didn't have a ton of interest in necessarily like I I found often video games too hard and like wasn't very good at them, so I like you know I I liked watching them for the funny jokes or whatever. Or, like, yeah, for, uh, right. Uh, That's like, maybe. Yeah, that's maybe the other or, thing yeah. for me to say is that anytime <laughs> I have tried to play a real video game, I've just hit a point where I'm just like, oh, this is too hard. Sure. Um, but yeah, and I mean, you know, I like I didn't I did really didn't play video games for a long time. At the beginning of the pandemic, we uh, I got a, a Switch Lite and play have played a little bit of stuff on that, including. Yeah, uh, we made you play Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> I played a little bit of Pokemon and then I. I Which really, one? Like, uh, well, uh sword was... and shield sword we and all shield. we all right. got we all sword and shield everyone sword get animal time. crossing and everyone get pokemon <laughs> i didn't get animal crossing um well, sure, sure, i sure. did get the whatever the like their the mario platformer the most recent one whatever that one is. Odyssey. Oh, yeah Odyssey. Mm-hmm. uh yeah like that, that classic was like as game close that to... i found to be too hard right the one that was as close as possible to the version of mario i played on in the original nintendo and i played through that incredible at some game point. um <laughs> And then I did get a PS5, like, late in the pandemic, mostly for 4K Blu-rays to be able to watch them. But also I was like, oh, I really loved Spider-Man 2 on the PlayStation 2, and so I want to play the new Spider-Man game that looks very similar to that. So that, like, I've I've played a few bigger games since since I got the PS5. Um, Mostly, like, very big titles of properties that I am already familiar with. Like, I don't really know a lot about indie uh, games at all or how like development of the uh, like I don't really know anything about like the industry or uh, the world other than like what makes it through to my Twitter feed so it is really like I you know I've I've played a little bit over the last couple of years don't really have much of a sense of like how to seek out and discover things that are like uh, uh, under the radar that I would like and I don't like know a lot of the lingo or terminology of like is that you know this game is genre x and that and it, it, it subverts it through y or like i don't like i i don't pwn lol noob like, that kind of terminology <laughs> yeah right exactly right yeah um i don't know what slurs i'm allowed to say when I'm playing, like, <laughs> uh, safe with as bad as go with none yeah <laughs> in any case Andy. ugly stereotypes of gamers i know i'm sorry yeah. <laughs> um what wait what 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 PS five games have you beat? Because I know you beat uh, yeah. Miles Morales, right? I beat yeah, I beat both the Spider Man games. Uh, I beat the new Ratchet and Clank. I played. I did play through the Crash Bandicoot trilogy again because that was a big one when I was a kid. So those games um, are extremely hard. You're a professional gamer. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Um, uh, I mean that was that was like oh sense memory of being ten and playing this like for five hundred times this level. Um, 
I yeah. I might played I played a I bought I also bought the Crash Bandicoot trilogy for a uh, uh, Switch, and that was a classic me just like, oh yeah, I beat these games as a kid, and then like, oh, I maybe beat three levels of this game as a kid. <laughs> to be clear, I beat and all. Just be like, I, yeah, just definitely. Uh, I remembered how much replaying them. I remembered how much I hated the. Uh, in the in the third one, all the the racing ones, the motorcycle ones, those ones were the mm. worst. Were the worst levels. I had a little Crash Bandicoot game from McDonald's. Uh, I don't yep. think I ever beat that. Whatever would constitute that. Yeah. Uh, Colin. Uh, yeah, mine's sort of a combo of Jesse's and Andy's, where I <laughs> did play a lot of games as a kid. I'm a younger brother. I never had the controller treatment, but I did have a lot of, <laughs> I'll play one level and get bored, and my brother will start playing, because he actually, like, cares about the video game. And I think, uh, throughout my entire life, I didn't beat a video game until Grand Theft Auto V. Um, or no, that's not true, it was uh, Infamous Second Son. Um, and that was like, that was also the first game I perfected. And I put I logged a lot of hours in Second Son. Um, I, I do have a lot of video game specific memories. Uh, the one that is calling to me right now, speaking of siblings is my brother erased my memory card on our PS2 that had all of my gently rise to honor progress, uh, which was a gently video game. And then I like was off video games for a minute. After, so I was just like all this work, I'm not going to like, I have to do it all again. I had like beaten a really hard guy and, uh, just sort of. Fell off after that. <laughs> and then, you know, I had a phase of my life where, uh, like, after getting home from high school, I would just play Minecraft and watch Chris Gethard's show and <laughs> th- coasted on that for a while. And mm-hmm. mostly these days, I've used video games as, like, something to do while I'm listening to a podcast. I and guess, that's, like, yeah, that's I the thing. Is I, that there is, there's the fourth video game that's maybe the one that I've, uh, played the most, which is uh, Hexamania for the Android sure, on your platform. phone. That's right. Yeah. I mean, as yeah. I should add, I have I have played The Simpsons Tapped Out every day for the last like six years. So. Yeah. <laughs> I have so much money in this. You gotta get into it late, kind of. <laughs> Only I don't know. Yeah, it's been. I mean, I've played for a long time of that game. Yeah, um, I cannot. Yeah, count how many years I played that game. My my father is also we were like he was a gamer and um, mm. he was very big on tapped out and yeah. like his little uh, nephew he was like letting him play with his iPad and he spent all of his donuts oh and God. he just was like I don't want to play this anymore because I'd have to all the it was like so much that he had built up not buying things um, but yeah uh, uh, and then you know uh, just speaking of like. Mario Odyssey. I did. I got a switch around the time that Odyssey had come out and was like playing Breath of the Wild and Odyssey, and both of those took over. I was uh, last year had a huge Fall Guys era where we just played Fall Guys all the time. Um, but yeah, that's that's mine. Emilio, how about you? You're the sort of the gamer of the four of us. The thing is, gaming is one of those things that I have about a lot of things where I pro- I maybe know and read more than I actually do it because I just mm-hmm. like listening to podcasts and I end up just like listening to a lot of different stuff. 
Though I think gaming was an early... I think the first podcasts I ever listened to were probably gaming ones, like around like 2009 or whatever. And I, there's a lot of things that I do on this podcast that I low-key steal from gaming podcasts. <laughs> we don't need to talk about that. Uh, I mean, I played as a kid. I remember vividly getting a Game Boy Advance for like a very early birthday of mine with the Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 version oh, of it. Yeah, uh, so sick. Which it's a great game. Another classic. I remember like playing it as a kid and having a lot of memories of it, and then going back to it when I had a DS and could play my old Game Boy Advance games and being like, "Oh, I only really, I only played the first level the whole time, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then beating it like later when I had the DS." But yeah, I mean, I mean, I basically like intermittently I did it throughout a lot of my life. You know, own Game Boy Advance, a DS. PS1, PS2, mm-hmm. PS3, then an Xbox One. Uh, it's a thing, like, I... I, You know, I go back and forth with it. I have periods where I will just, like, just play games and do a lot of playing of games. I remember I had a, like, a, like, mid-Xbox One era period where I was truly just, like, buying games, beating it in a weekend, taking it back to GameStop, buying another game... <laughs> And just doing that with a bunch of stuff. I think I played like 150 hours of The Witcher 3 in like a week. <laughs> uh, I, mean, um, I probably hit similar numbers to that on Minecraft at various yeah. points. Yeah. I, I mean, I think another, a Jesse and me bonding point where we played a lot of poke. We have both played a lot that's of Pokemon right. in our lives. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, that was yeah. that has been a constant I mean, that's the thing, thing is like, and, I like, have... I have I, I I would play I had DS a DS as a kid, but I don't think I beat a Pokemon game until I was an adult. Like even that as a child I was sure. like I would you know, get like two or three gyms in and be like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. As a yeah. small kid, probably the same, but I think what, around Gen 4, like Platinum, I do believe I beat that game. And I, I did like not. I and then play it again. certainly <laughs> was given Platinum for my birthday and did not beat it. Um, yeah, but eventually, uh, I don't know, like since I started listening to a bunch of gaming podcasts, I eventually like got more into the conversation around them, played some indie stuff. I'm trying to remember what was the first like indie game I played and i'm i'm like yeah, maybe limbo question. yeah i i remember limbo i i uh flower was that one for ps3 um, yeah and games like you know i i feel like my sort of gaming podcast is like watching college humor bleep bloop which was like their gaming show they would do <laughs> yeah the, the like thing the i'm really noby boy the thing I'm realizing I forgot to say, and the, the games that I guess that I've played in my life that most remind me of the game that I played to talk about sure. for today is, like, there was a whole era, I guess, where we had, like, computer games, like, early in, oh, the, yeah. in the 90s, yeah. where, like, well, the early on, there was, like, you know, obviously the humongous entertainment games, like Puff Putt Save the Zoo and all that, and then eventually we had, like, a pack of, like, LucasArts games, that yeah. was, like, Sam and Max and Day of the Tentacle and stuff, and I also have vivid memories of playing through Grim Fandango, like, three or four times every time with the walkthrough just like reading the yeah. walk- like not even <laughs> attempting to do it on my own just like playing it with the walkthrough to play it through the whole story um that's yeah that that was that was sort of the middle chapter i guess of, of my gaming history yeah i guess just to wrap up mine it's just like i guess that these days basically at the end of every year i look at a list of i look at like 
lists of different websites I sometimes read and sometimes podcasts I listen to and just like what are the indie games I actually should check out this year and I try to play them. Yeah. I mean, and you know, uh, some, of the, some of these games that game I will I bought it, I sent 15 yeah. euros or made my parents send 15 euros to Mojang to not <laughs> straight to his fucking pocket. I don't, I mean <laughs> probably <laughs> <laughs> you probably bought a new fedora with that money. I'm so serious. <laughs> it me off. Yeah, and I, some of the games we'll talk, we're going to talk about today that I'll talk about today are probably games that I just saw in a year year end list sure, and I yeah. play. Mm-hmm. But JJ, I guess like you're the most yeah. video. You're the video. You're the gamer here. You're the king gamer. Gamers like, rise up. Finally, let's go. Um, wait, first off, I've had a can of something I forgot to open this whole time, so I'm going to do that on mic, unfortunately. Crack it, we love so, a crack on mic. There it is. Yeah, this is Colin. Yeah. Is this an episode of hey, Bevy hey, of Bevies? Hey, yo, Alright, so right now out of this can, I'm drinking um, a Hop Tea Limited Edition Lavender. Okay, Lavender tea I love hops. a Hop Tea. 0% alcohol, tea. sober life, let's go. I love a hot this, week, this week we're drinking hop tea mm. lavender. God, it wish. comes from right a now can. I'm tasting, I'm tasting <laughs> hints of lavender. Yeah. Mm. Cullen, throw the, throw the theme song from a the classic Cullen. Here and then... <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Video and games. As, as we transition here, I'll say that I'll, I've also shamefully played. I, I can't even say how many hours of League of Legends I've played in my life because it <laughs> will truly paint a sad picture of my life. Yeah. Sure. I've picked up in all of the discussions of games from you that you have at least one that you feel like you're addicted to. Sure. So I have that too. That's yeah. Rocket League for me. I'm still pouring sure. hours and hours of hours into car soccer. Um, my relationship with video games, we had a Super Nintendo in the house. That's where I started. Um, it was always like when it was time to ask for the big present for Christmas, it was always, please, please, please give us a system. I have yeah. mm-hmm. a very vivid memory and probably if you look up dates, I was probably too old for this to be the case, but I remember receiving a Nintendo 64 for Christmas and it was broken. And I remember my dad telling me, don't worry, Santa has a deal with Best Buy, where if you go to Best Buy and you say Santa gave us this, um, they'll give you a replacement because Santa talks to them beforehand. And now that I'm a parent, I'm like, dude, take ownership of that. You gave me that gift. You went to Best Buy. Santa is freeloading off of all your hard labor. But um, I, I think also like, like too many even, steps. Oh, just like, just, okay. He should have just taken it himself. He's like, oh yeah, I, I talked to Santa and he gave me a note. <laughs> right. Going all the or I'm going to run it up to his workshop and he'll fix it for you. Look, <laughs> look, knowing me, there was no way I was going to let him like take care of this. I was like, we have to go the next day. Mario is 3D now, dude. Lakitu is following him around everywhere he goes. Like. Mm-hmm. I will die if I can't play yeah, Pilot Wings right now. Um, <laughs> Were you concerned he would bring back a Saturn? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thankfully, like, I I think because movies were so strong in my life, I avoided the thing where, like, grandma or your aunt would give you, like, a video game you don't want. And sure. yeah. I bought yeah. enough of those on my own anyways. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I have a very weird, bad story about that where my aunt once did that but it was Final Fantasy VII, and I was like, this game's boring. Why would you give me that? <laughs> they are gonna... You said that to her? Oh, no. <laughs> no, I did not say that. You gotta watch what you say about but... the Final Fantasy games. I'm 
podcasts these days. No, I have cer- I've certainly come back around. It was truly just like me, like six years later, being like, I was such an idiot. I had a, <laughs> I had like an original PS One copy of Final Fantasy Seven. That's pretty sick. Um, yeah. I and video games. I mean, they've gone in and out of my life. I remember like. As a kid, my brother and I, I'm the older brother. I'm perhaps, like, I project way too much older brother energy, I think. Um, (laughs) And I remember us going to, like, every EB Games and GameStop in the area and buying, like, literally every baseball game ever made for the Super Nintendo. (laughs) And then, like, comparing them and being like, you know, this Frank Thomas game isn't quite as good as Ken Griffey Jr. And Roger Clemens' game sucks and... Cal Ripken's not super good. Super base is loaded, pretty legit. RBI baseball, whatever. And that kind of being a moment that where is... I was like, oh, I'm not just like playing video games. I'm like right. researching them and yeah. scoping yeah. out. Sure. I guess me and like my Darren brother Tallis probably did. I think we played at some point every baseball video game, at least with MLB licensing that was released for the Wii, seems likely. Yeah, I also played. It- I played like whatever like MLB 2K10 that has mm-hmm. like Tim Lincecum. Yeah, we had yeah, yeah that Lincecum was either ten or nine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I mean, I would just like all of those games. It would be like which is the one that best functions if I simulate all the games and only do the uh, off seasons, which did eventually lead into Out of the Park in high school. Sure. Um, I guess after that, I mean, I don't know, high school, I mean, that was kind of what we did on weeknights. Weekends, we would hang out in person. Weeknights, it would be Halo 3, Gears of War, whatever else. I think I've owned, I'm trying to think if I skipped anything. I've owned pretty much every system. That's like, I, my first job was refereeing soccer games, and it was so I could buy an Xbox 360. Um... Mm -hmm. And, um, and later I used that money so that I could have my own PS3 because my brother was using it too much and I wanted to play Uncharted 2 <laughs> when I was at college, okay? Um, and there have been periods where I've played a little bit less, but really, like, I mean, especially you go to college, you kind of, for whatever reason, we stopped playing games together. My high school friends didn't really do that sure. with my college friends, took a lot of breaks, but... Once I started going to grad school, it kind of just became I'm spending all of my waking life thinking about movies and reading about movies and Mm -hmm. watching movies. And I need something else that I am not Mm -hmm. like associated with professionally, although now I'm King Gamer. So, of course, I I am. (laughs) Um, This is the thing. So it became really important. And especially like over um, like, I mean, I'm just in the house more now post pandemic and post having a child so at the end of the day that's what i do there's usually a movie but then one or two hours of video games as well and then i go to sleep but i'm playing i play everything at this point so yeah the um just baseball games uh and like sort of betting on the wrong horse i do remember buying an xbox one and being like NBA Live 09 is the thing. <laughs> like, this is the one that I need with Kyrie on the cover. Yeah, and now you just proudly display. Yeah, I'm good. Uh... In my, like, I'm, I'm, let me confirm the date. So, I am from Milwaukee, and my family 
are like Marquette season basketball ticket holders. And so we sure. love Dwayne Wade and Dwayne Wade was on the cover of NBA Live 06. And we got the GameStop to give us the poster of that. And I oh. had a shared childhood bedroom with my brother and we had that up. But that was the year we switched over from live to 2K and never sure, yeah. back to live. But I think that is like probably still in my parents' house somewhere, this framed poster yeah. of a video game we did not play. Yeah, the sport games are a classic. Like, I'd buy it once, or I'd buy it, play it, like, three times with my brother or my dad or my friends, mm-hmm. and then, like, just resell it to GameStop to get the new one. I remember the last game I ever bought from, like, GameStop Ooh. because then GameStop left Puerto Rico after this was NBA 2K14 sure. because they were just like having a like we need to get rid of everything we're closing down every GameStop in Puerto Rico so they just had it for like 10 bucks and I was just like sure and then I just played a bunch of NBA 2K14 this, I think the last yeah, game I, mean, I got at GameStop was um what's that fucking uh, No Man's Sky it was like a pre-order and I remember like Thinking it was pretty cool at the time before it had all the stuff in it. This is not a story of like shaming in any way. I want to make that clear right away. But the first time Mm -hmm. I ever saw a furry in real life was at GameStop in Evanston when I was in college. I was there for like a midnight release of the new NBA 2K. I know a thing I used to do all the time. Midnight releases were so, they were legit. <laughs> there was a DJ spinning tunes. We had, you know, the whole wow. north side of Chicago. That was the GameStop. And I remember, like, thinking when I walked in, like, not that furries don't enjoy professional basketball and their associated <laughs> video games. Like, is this person here for 2K? And the man in front of me did actually say, like, yo, I just need to know, are you here to get NBA 2K? And the person turned around and very strongly said, there is a new Resident Evil out tonight as well. (laughs) (laughs) But they weren't weren't spinning any RE tunes. Yeah, this is like a professor situation where the furry crossed somebody up (laughs) and (laughs) dunked on them. It's like the unassuming costume. (laughs) So I believe with that, (laughs) we can now... Get into talking now about you know the how we thought about these games when right. we played them. <laughs> right. When history yeah. went in. <laughs> these Annapurna video games that we I basically gave everybody to play yes. except JJ, because JJ played everything, so I assumed he would have played most things. I got three about. more than I gave in the last week, so I tried to <laughs> bolster up. Wow. <laughs> and then I I gave myself a game to play and then got too motion sick to play it, so we'll be just be talking about some Annapurna games I have played in the past. But let's which start one was with which one made you motion sick? I have to know. Solar Ash made me motion mm, sick. I can see that. To be to Solar Ash's credit, I will say. It, the, I bought it on my PC on Steam, and it was like, you should play this with a controller. And I was like, I don't have a controller. I'm going to play with this with mouse and keyboard. I'm sure it will be fine. And then it was not. <laughs> yeah. Andy, you played yes. The Unfinished Swan. Yes, I did. Um, and yeah, I did, like I had no idea what to expect. I would like had never heard of it before. Um, and, you know, it was my first... What? Wait. I guess this would be a fun exercise for this specific episode. Yeah. But Andy, can you try to describe what Unfinished Swan is? Sure. So it's a it's a game where you it's it has like a storybook structure where it starts with like a once upon a time and there's like illustrations like like hand like children's illustrations they look like 
and it's like setting up like this like child child like a, a children's story structure where it's like a kid in a kingdom or whatever and there's this whole metaphor metaphorical thing happening and then you're just on a white screen and then it just becomes you have paintballs that you can throw around and they reveal sort of the the shapes and the space around you um and the thing that yeah i was most struck by was like having the most recent video games i'd played played been like these like big like ties into franchises that i knew or whatever like things that either i had connections to video games i had played as a child or just like things that were like ip that i like or whatever like this one was like oh there's not like a tutorial happening here it's just like it's just getting you like you are just there and then you are just there to figure out like what it is and like no one's telling you that x means jump and like you just we assume you're (laughs) fluent enough with video games to know that x means jump and all that sort of thing um and so yeah you sort of like i liked i really liked the way that you like stumbled through and like figured out what exactly was happening and how you were supposed to play the game without the game being too forthcoming about that that was the thing i most noticed and most responded to in this as someone who has not played a ton of video games for for long periods of my life um and so, yeah, you know, you know, you get through it and eventually like you get into other levels where there's like different things that are more, a little more straightforward and a little more like, okay, now that you figured out how to play the game, like this is like probably a little more like, it feels a little more conventional where you're like, oh, you got to go to the place to get the thing or whatever, or you got to get to this place. And there's, you know, puzzles to, you got to move this thing here so that you can do that. And then you got to move like very classic video game stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, I I liked it a lot. I thought the, you know, the story was, like, pretty simple. And, like, it's definitely going for something, like, profound in some ways. In the ways that, like, a children's story can be profound. And I'm, like, not sure, like, how much, like, I'm going to be remembering, like, the conclusion of this story necessarily. And, like, when I think about, like you know, the great, like, experiences I've had in my life. But I think it was fun to play. I liked the style. I did, like, you know, like figuring out how to how to, how to to play it and how to access it. I did not, like, well, and also, like, you know, it's, the other thing is, like, I play, I've, the video games I play, they're all these, like, big, huge games. And I, all my, my problem, the way, I, the reason I've avoided video games so much in my current life is, like, there's too much. I'm, like, a, I have to get into every nook and cranny person. I have sure. to like, like check everything. Cause like, it's never clear to me how something like, well, how am I supposed to know that that's the thing I need to do? And then I'm done. And now I can leave. Like, what if I miss yeah. something like has always been like my psychological mindset when I'm doing these things. And like, that can result in a lot of like boring, like, well, now I have to just go around and collect all the coins or whatever, because if I leave a coin, what if I don't have enough to do the next part of the game and it, like, lets me go on and then I'm stuck or whatever, like, so there's not too much of that in this. Like, it's very simple and you get it over with very quickly. There's, like, a whole balloon thing that I guess I could go back and finish and catch all the balloons, which I did to a little bit of an extent when I beat the story of the game. I went back to the first couple levels and, like, got the balloons that I missed or whatever. Um, But I do, like, I liked the the, the the stuff I do like the third level or the third level or whatever is in the dark and I didn't like that one because it was too scary <laughs> and the, sure. like there were all the bugs that kept attacking you and I didn't like that at all I was like I don't want like it was a game where like 
there wasn't a, like a lot of like danger. And when the third level had a lot of like mortal danger of like something that can hurt me, I didn't like that. I liked it much more when it was like, oh, I'm figuring out how to do this new mechanic thing and like I'm able to execute it and like I see what the puzzle is or whatever. Yeah. So that's that was sort of my overall impression of the game, I guess, if that answers the question of where we're starting. Mm-hmm. This is a good one to start with too because, um, well, what remains, or I mean, just mix it up with their other game. Um, well, the Unfinished Swan is something that, um, Annapurna and Annapurna does this a lot, and it's not just to bolster their Metacritic average, but I think that's part of it. They will (laughs) publish games that came out that they did not originally publish on other platforms, and Mm -hmm. um, the Unfinished Swan is one of those, but it is also kind of the first game because it's co-developed with sony santa monica studios which is where annapurna mm-hmm. pulls their main two video game people from megan ellison okay. of course and then these other two guys sure. and then yeah. when sony is no longer interested in funding these kind of games that's who they turn to right away and the first game that annapurna publishes is mm-hmm. the follow-up to this what remains of edith finch so like this is like the test case for who Annapurna would become. And I think sure. so much about the way it, it works and who the target audience is and what kind of themes mm-hmm. it's going for. I mean, this is kind of the template for what they do from here on out. Yeah. So you were living history is what I'm saying. <laughs> wow. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Think about, think about yeah, that. I say, yeah. Yeah. Because as a person who didn't play this game, but certainly saw a lot of stuff about this game as I was just like listening to podcasts and reading websites about this game, I sort of had a memory of it of being like not an early indie game, but sort of like, I guess it's like one of the first post journey games, I guess sure. is what I would describe it. As just like an early, as just like an early marker in what the indie video game industry like is now rather than like the sort of early steps that had had taken then and it does make sense that this is sort of what it does sort of become like the backbone of what annapurna does there's sort of video games pre and post uh getting indie game the movie free on steam (laughs) (laughs) and it's definitely post (laughs) great Okay. I uh, I played Unfinished yeah. Swan you have a at story, the time when it came out. Well, yeah. it's not it's not really a story. Okay. Similar to Emilio's experience with uh, his game, I played it at the time and get incredibly motion sick. It is just like a stark white world that you're right. throwing ink or paint onto uh, to reveal, um, you know, the items and everything. And walking around in this sort of empty space in the game uh, was I I just vividly remember getting sick uh and having to stop playing it and just never returning to it (laughs) i didn't yeah i didn't have that really that problem i mean i i I was playing i played on the ps5 on my tv i guess i've never really had that problem with games where i like the way it moved like was a problem to me wow i mean to be clear i get motion sick with like movies so it's like i am i am an incredibly JJ made an incredulous face. I have told the story before about how melancholia yeah. gave me huge motion sickness due to the camera work. Sure. But uh, all right, now I know if we ever get in a fight, I'll just start playing the born supremacy and it's over. Paul Greengrass will shake your ass up. Um, uh, I guess I'm wondering now, which do we move? I guess. JJ, are there any game? Did you the play next game we'll talk. Did you play on Finish I, one? Yeah, I did that. way back when it first came out. So yeah. I, 
I know the history of it and don't remember much else. <laughs> yeah, sure. Maybe not a memorable yeah. one. Terry Gilliam's in it. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> yeah, he's like the voice of the king. Right? Uh, Does he say anything crazy? <laughs> no, he's, it's like a very normal, like, old guy voice performance. Well, he's um, a normal sure. guy and totally nice guy, yeah, right? Yeah, right, yeah, uh-huh, right, uh-huh. Um, definitely doesn't have any crazy opinions about mm-hmm. cancel culture. Um Runs totally uh, safe yeah. sets. Everyone's always having fun. No one's <laughs> That's right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I, like, and it does, like, this is, like, the conclu- when you, as you come to the conclusion, right, it is, I feel like, that thing that happens very often that I've even noticed in, like, bigger games where it's, like, oh, like, you're really letting the, like, story take over and I'm not actually doing much. Like, the mm-hmm. ending where it's like I just have to like walk forward here and like that's mm-hmm. all and like I get like the character is like gr- like there's a lot going on as that's happening but literally all I'm doing is pressing forward on my controller and like that is interesting that like there's so much to do early on and like in in many of the levels there's like a, you do have a lot to do and you, there becomes this thing where you have to like build 3D objects and like pick them up and move them around and stuff um, but at the very end it's just like okay, we have to, like, we have a lot of, like, denouement to get through. <laughs> so, like, you have, like, you're, you're gonna, you're just gonna have less to do now because we have, like, narration to get to you and we have this story, like, do we have to wrap these characters up? Even in a very simple, like, child, like, story that is meant, that is in the, like, the the milieu of children's stories. It sounds then like maybe yeah. the intrusion of narrative is gonna become a recurring point uh, in this episode. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, the next one chronologically, I believe, is Donut County. Oh, great. Wait, hey, Colin, did you want to say what Annapurna movies came out? Oh, sure. So, uh, well, (laughs) we talked about. I guess um, there was. Yeah, um, I guess we'll do do 2012 and then. Yeah, just do 2012. Uh, So, 2020, we talked about it already, was the only one was Kajillionaire, Mm -hmm. uh, which was when the uh, Switch and PC, or Switch and something else, re release uh, that Annapurna did. Uh, Yeah, the PC, iOS. Yeah, and. uh, when they re-released uh, Unfinished Swan. Um, but originally it was Lawless, the John Hillcoat movie with Shia LaBeouf, mm-hmm. Tom Hardy, Jessica Chastain, and early one of her roles. Uh, the Master, Killing Them Softly, and Zero Dark Thirty were all 2012, which is like their big hot year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, before they, you know, start going forward. Mm-hmm. Only two years away from Foxcatcher, obviously. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the most important re- movie they ever released for Colin. I mean, yeah. And only for no joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, and then um, next uh, is 2018 with... Um, Donut you know, County. Uh, Donut County. Okay. Well, so I, I can do the introduction of what this game is. I, I maybe should start by saying I... Uh, maybe hamstrung Emilio a little bit in choosing a game for me and that I said, give me a game that I can play on my laptop with a trackpad and also will be easy. Uh, and then he said, well, here's something you can play on your phone. Uh, and so uh, Donut County is a game uh, in which the main characters are... Uh, a raccoon named BK, uh, and a girl named Mira, and the main mechanical thing of it is that, uh, BK has a hole that he controls, 
and if you get something to fall into the hole, then the hole gets bigger, and so then more things can yeah. fall in the hole. So that's yeah. really Games the whole so game. Sick. Yeah, I mean, and I, <laughs> I enjoyed that as a mechanic. Uh, beyond that, I was just kind of like, sure, this exists and is fine. I feel like... <laughs> I, and maybe this is part of just, like, how I have engaged with video games in general and recently, is that I am just sort of, like, uh, I want a mechanic that is fun, and that's it. I don't want... And, you know, you can see that with, like, Minecraft. Minecraft does not have a narrative. It looks like shit. And, I, you know, I, there are, I guess there are parts of other, like, incidental things of Donut County. Like, I did actually really like the art style it's like a 3d but like totally matte and no yeah. uh edges like that looked cool but like the the narrative stuff is all just like some of it i'm like okay sure and then there's points at which i'm just like rolling my eyes about all right yeah. the raccoon smells bad uh and like the, the it's a little quirky for sure well, the yeah. good news is ben esposito who made donut county his next game totally didn't have an intrusive story whatsoever um really yeah. easy okay. to wade your way through it i think colin well, played it right yeah uh okay. yes we'll talk about um, it soon great yes okay yes. Uh, also ben esposito also one of the main developers of unfinished swan okay so, sure so this is this is so this, this is a is real Ben guy. Esposito <laughs> lineup okay yeah, yeah the roast <laughs> great um. I mean like yeah just like I it is like I feel like a game that just like used that mechanic of like oh there's things that you were getting to fall into a hole so that the hole would get bigger I would probably like spend at least the amount of time that I spent playing through the story just like doing that for no reason and like there's yeah. there are things where I was where I was like oh this is smart of like oh these things are really bouncy so that you don't have to worry about them getting stuck in the hole that seems nice because that was like one of the first things I was like uh oh what if something is uh, just the size of the hole and, but like yeah like the actual like, when there'd be an actual puzzle of, like, a new mechanic, it would usually either be, like, oh, I just get this and it's less fun than the whole thing, or I would be, like, I don't know what's going on here. I'm just going to have to Google, where am I shooting the fireworks out of the hole? Yeah, you don't notice the birds if you're playing with the sound off. This happened to me. Oh, I mean, yes. Uh, that <laughs> is, an, yes, I also did play with the sound off. This yeah, I I downloaded this also because okay. I felt bad about um, the effort I put into Neon White, so I was like, <laughs> oh, I know Donut County is short, I can also do that. Oh, no. to have, uh, um, I mean that is the but, thing and that I, this game did. It lasts like two hours, I think. So I was like, I you know, it, on one hand, I was like, beat it in an afternoon. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's on, very... yeah. I think I like beat it. I think I probably got to the boss fight in one session and then like did the boss fight this morning uh uh yeah that's like i i didn't even put it together until you just said beat it in an afternoon but indie games are sort of the thing that like post me beating games for the first time became sort of the only thing that i would be and i remember beating unraveled and like a full through the night session uh, when it first came out and be like, this is a great game. <laughs> and uh, it's one that like 
you know, they made a second one. No one really talks about that game anymore. Um, I think, like, wasn't there a pre-order bonus where you could get, like, the little yarn guy? I Something like that. I, I remember pre-order bonuses being a huge thing also in my gaming life, where I had the messenger's bag from Mirror's Edge. Um, we had, like, a big Soul Calibur, like, uh, screen-printed... Uh, screen banner that hung up in our uh house that we never played the game even um but yes uh donut county i also right. think a- that the um go, oh, go ahead, I was go ahead. there's also like a weird meta element to it that's like really sure, half game yeah he's yeah. like there's like a leveling mechanic that the raccoon has but that you are never privy to and that you like yeah. you, i don't know there, I do think that the mechanics are fun. Yeah. Uh, there's some, like, copycat iOS game called, like, Hole.io, where you just are doing the mechanic of being a hole on the ground that swallows things mm-hmm. and gets bigger as you play. Um, that sounds better. And, like... <laughs> yes, I well, yeah, that. The... That's the classic. Great. Uh, we're, we're, bored, we're bored at work game. We got 20 minutes <laughs> yeah. to kill. <laughs> you, I mean, look, you could definitely play Donut County while you're bored at work. Um <laughs> Well, you just, uh, there'd be more time devoted to clicking through cutscenes than you would. Yeah, fake texting with somebody <laughs> yeah. and pressing the yeah, button to get a, through there's it. There's a bird emoji for some reason. <laughs> yeah, you can send that also. Yeah. Um, yeah. But th- I mean, Donut County is also like in the great lineage of indie games that were created as a joke on it. So <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, um, but I, like. I guess JJ might be the only person who's familiar with Peter Molyneux. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a familiar name to me. Peter, so Peter Molyneux is like this famous video game developer who oh, was okay. famous later in his career for just like giving a bunch of pretentious pitches for his games and then just putting out sort of not sure. just like sort of a bunch of half-baked games. Even though he, okay. earlier in his career, that it was a much more like familiar name acclaimed. A claim developer of like black and white, Fable. sort of this, yeah, black and white. Fa- sure, Fable, sure. Yeah. He's probably video the games. most British person in the film industry, pejoratively. <laughs> in the video game, <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably, yes, for sure. And so Peter Molyneux was this fake Twitter account that would just come up with dumb pitches for video games okay. that they would tweet out and would make fun of him. And one of the his, the classic t- January fifth, twenty twelve tweet. Whoa, what do they know? Role. One you day sooner. Twenty twelve. Wait, I still Andy. Uh, what do they know? One day in uh, eight years in the, in the past. Uh, <laughs> you play the role of the hole. You must move around in an environment, making certain elements fall into correct targets at the right time. Yeah. Great. Which then, like, inspired like a game jam of just people making uh, games based on his dumb okay. tweets, and that is the origin story of okay. the Donut Camp. Yeah. It the is other a fun, thing about like... Donut County is that uh, I did type into a search engine Donut Country maybe ten times before I remembered yeah. what the game was actually called. It's a classic. But they've got good uh... SEO, I guess, because you still get to it. Sure. Um, yeah, why is it, yeah, why is it a county and not a country? I guess it's just it is, smaller, it's, so, Yeah, yeah it's, it's set over in a pretty <laughs> small geographic location. I would say it maybe even feels smaller than a county. It might be more like Donut Town. Yeah. Um, 
there are like mechanics that are fun mm -hmm. uh, like Jesse mentioned sort of finding out what the puzzles for as they get the levels progress where it's like you are you pick up water on accident and you have to get this bird to drink the water. The so water one was the one where again. I was just like, I just have to Google it. There's water stuck in the hole, and I don't know how to get water out of the hole. Yeah. That's, uh, I definitely, like, had a few attempts where I was like, I guess I have to get around the water. You can pull the RV a little bit, uh, or, like, the trailer a little bit, mm -hmm. and, like, get around to the other side of this riverbed, but you still can't pick up everything. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's, like... Uh, uh, a level where you have to catch things and it's all very satisfying but the the dialogue and the plot it is it is all very like um, it's, it's silly it, it, it definitely feels like of a time yes quirkiness it's like um, of a time despite being like four years old it's like yeah it's like very pre-pandemic reddit <laughs> core um, uh, the humor is it's it's very much like doggo and that style yeah um which you know but i would it, it say is like is a cringe fantastic mr fox significant style acclaim so. even now i uh, yeah sure there's anything certainly can, uh, uh anything can break through yeah certainly major awards contenders that are you know of a similar tone sure um <laughs> uh, hmm. i don't know if she said get nominated for anything <laughs> but um <laughs> Do we have any other thoughts on Donut County, or do we want to move uh, forward? The movies that came out in 2018, it's also a bit of a murderer's row. You have Sisters, Brothers, If Beale Street Could Talk, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, mm -hmm. which is a credit only with Netflix, obviously, and Vice, yeah. which was one of their last big ones. Yeah, I right. mean, well, I mean this that was the one like, they were all in on. Yeah, awards. this yeah, is like the their, big their, year their of them as distributor. Yeah. yeah. Which, of course, is which, that success right, story. Which was like, like they, they held they, on to it late enough that they tricked a bunch of people into Right, and also awards. that they did it and by... And before everyone realized they didn't like the movie, so it didn't win anything. And <laughs> also that, that they did trailer. it by completely ignoring uh, if Bill Street could talk. Sure, yes. Right. That is one thing we maybe haven't made clear enough, although I assume people listening to this know a little bit about Annapurna. Like, Megan Ellison is maybe like the most decorated woman producer at least nomination sure. wise i mean yeah. 2013 she's sure. one of the yeah. rare people to be nominated for best or best picture twice in the same year yes mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. yeah but 2018 is like the beginning it's like the beginning of the the video game company in earnest and mm -hmm. it is yeah. the beginning of the end of the film company. Right. I mean, it's, yeah, it's simultaneously the peak and the beginning of the end yep. for the film yeah. company. They win Regina King a, an Oscar, and then uh, right. Right, they move it. They pivot. And, the, and they get, like, six nominations for Vice, and then, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, before we move forward, I, I like, some of the games I've played are a little older than this. So I, like, sure. Like, I played Gora Goa Gora around when it came out. Gora Goa is like, it's a puzzle game, though it's sort of not that hard. It's like this two by two grid where it's basically the series of like paintings or comics that, where you Oh, I remember this game. You like pull elements from one of, one of the panels and you pull it into another part of the grid and then you stack things on top of each other, which eventually resolves the sort of puzzle that is yeah. on screen which leads to like the story progressing but it, there's the story is a sort of it's a very quiet thing it's very abstract you sort of have to like 
pull it together from the images you see on screen. And I remembered it being very cool. I have I played it at the time, so I didn't have a lot of memories of it. So then I watched the uh like a uh, a playthrough today because I was like, did I beat it? And then I saw that the playthrough was thirty minutes long, and I was like, oh, I for sure beat yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> and I I just skipped to the end, and I was like, oh yeah, I remember this game. Like it it, it was pretty short, but it's it was very cool. I don't know if any JJ mm-hmm. you have played or seen. Gorgora. Exact same take. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's just like a classic that sort of indie game where you're just like, it's cool somebody made this. Like I don't, I don't know if I have like thoughts on it beyond that, but it's very neat to walk through it and see it be like see the way that it like changes and twists and turns as like you interact with it and how like smart it is. I guess it's very smart. In yeah, design. it's clever. I, it has that mm-hmm. neat trick that you're like instantly like, oh, I get this. Why haven't I seen this before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I may. I have another quick interlude, which is that I was trying to get to the video game section of the Wikipedia page to see if they I have heard of any of these other games, but that uh, required scrolling through both the TV and uh, theater sections, which I do feel like have oh. very important touchstones uh, for this podcast, and that. Uh, Mm-hmm. And that suggests that they are not uh, in as much of a... Really, the decline is just limited to the film studio. And that in recent years, we've, of course, gotten uh, The Staircase and The Lehman Trilogy from Annapurna. Sure. <laughs> they really yeah, are. Right. They're, they're maybe trilogy. not just pivoting to Andy. They're pivoting specifically <laughs> towards us. Yeah. Lemon Trilogy is sort of like a Annapurna video game as a play, <laughs> where it's like, oh, there's a big box rotating around. How come no one's in that? <laughs> it's pretty cool to look at. It keeps, it keeps spinning. The stage keeps... is spinning always. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, I feel like a lot oh, of, Oh, now like, he's going to stand uh, on the table. Like, ooh, yeah. like, A lot of, like, theater that's in that sort of, like, they were involved in American Utopia. They were involved in a strange sure. loop. Which we talked about last time with JJ. That's true. Oh, yeah. A year yes. ago. Just Basically, about exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the strange yeah. yeah, they yeah, they 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 did the flea bag, uh the the revival of the stage show of oh, Fleabag. Sure. Wow. Um, it was National Theater Live. Uh huh. Yeah. So another game from twenty eighteen, another Annapurna game I played was Florence. Sure. Which is sort of this uh Another very small game that I played on my phone because I saw it on a year-end list mm-hmm. that is uh, it's a sort of tiny puzzle game, but it's not that complicated puzzle-wise, and it sort of bounces around mechanically a little bit, and it's very short play time. I almost said run time, but I was like, games don't have a run time. They have a play time? <laughs> uh, Some Annapurna games arguably have a run time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Neon White? Yeah. But uh, it's basically just like digging through crates of memories you had about an old relationship and seeing these pictures and seeing uh, the evolution of just text messages you sent to like a person you dated in the past and uh, through different sort of not very simple mechanics, I'll put it. You sort of navigate the history of this relationship and it's so it's a it's the exact kind of thing where it's like it's cute it's smart it's uh short and 
I didn't really vibe with it that much, but it's like Gora. I think I prefer Gora Gora, but like Gora Go, it's a sort of thing you play when you're like, oh, they did. it's cool that they did that. It's cool like you can make a thing like and that. And it's again, not to keep hammering this home, but it's another example of Annapurna very early on finding one of the designers of Monument Valley, which is like this Titanic iPhone game, and yeah. then giving them money to make this weirder kind of project that doesn't quite have that obvious appeal. I will say I did not play this because anything that looks like this and has like the title written in a font like that, I am allergic to. Sure. I would have died if I tried to play this game. Fair enough. But and it looks cute. Uh, it's cute. It's certainly cute. Uh, and the third it thing is sort I of like is... the Pixar short that gets nominated at the Oscars where yeah. it's like it is, Paper Man is, or whatever. It is that was sort of the animation it, studios. Well, okay. <laughs> Same shit, different toilet. <laughs> it, it, it is an Oscar animated short as if it, if yeah. it were a video game. This, this is I lost my hand or I lost my body. <laughs> Which is not a short, obviously, but still. It's a quirky little cartoon. Um, yeah, and then the third game I played, this is a 2019 game, is Sayonara Wild Hearts, which is, again, another game I played on an iPhone because it was an early Apple Arcade game. Yeah, Apple Arcade <laughs> comes in clutch every now and then. Can't deny. Yeah, That's right. I guess I, I technically it. have that because I have Apple One. <laughs> I Shout have never played any of the games. <laughs> there is, like, every, like, there are good games. Oh, hell yeah. Arcade. Crossing Castle, Stitch. Stitch, yeah. Stitch is a great one. I'll have to write these down. Yeah. Andy, you would love I... Stitch. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm trying to think what was the other Apple Arc. Oh, uh, what... Jetpack Joyride 2. Sure, yeah. Yeah. The other one I played that isn't this one, that wasn't an Annapurna game, so we don't need is a Mini Motorways. Yeah, Mini Motorways. Great game. Which was pretty fun. Played a lot of Mini Metro was uh, it's, it was the sequel to Mini Metro. Yeah, I never played Mini Metro. Mini Metro is great. Motorway. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Sayonara Wild Hearts, which is essentially this like rhythm game where you play as this lady driving a motorcycle, trying to fight these people who like come into her purview, like to the rhythm of music. The score is this like sort of like Swedish poppy music. Uh, it's a very good soundtrack. Uh, it's, I guess it's sort of a metaphor for getting over your exes in a that in, in a way that all these <laughs> indie games of, are, yeah. Indie games are, um, <laughs> and it's I should... of the but it works a lot better than Florence, I would say. It's it's like a pretty cool video game. The music is great, and like a fi- it's like more than Florence. Occasionally, I got the things of like, oh, I sort of emotionally am invested enough to sort of feel the certain things that this game is taking you mm-hmm. through. Sure. I should maybe say, like, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I should say for the benefit of the people in this Zoom call that if I've been making a uh, face that's somewhere between disgusted and confused, it's not been because of anything you've been saying. It's because not to get ahead of us, I have... Uh, navigated in my web browser to uh neon and have been uh looking at the animation and the banner for the last two minutes and trying sure. to figure out what i could be looking at yeah oh just wait we'll we'll get there Great. i will say one of the things about so i like signer wild hearts a lot i mean uh, 
any kind of rhythm game is usually something I'm going to get into. If it has a lot of purple, amazing, I'm in. But this is one of those games like that feels like if Annapurna didn't publish this, it would be fundamentally different because Emilio, do you remember who um, narrates that game? Ooh, I it's, don't. It's been such a while. Look, if I'm the king gamer, uh, I, there's only one Queen Latifah, who is, of course, the narrator Whoa. of this game. <laughs> was kind of added at the last minute to this game. Matron I mean, Mama Morton herself. <laughs> it's one of those things that... Excuse uh, me? Sorry, sorry. But it's one of those things that Annapurna... Um, I think cynically you would think most of their games would be like coming out of the the kind of film world over into video games. Yeah. And I think to their credit that hasn't really been what they've done, but sometimes they can't help themselves. Yeah. But she's great. They should do I mean, tie-ins. <laughs> Fox catcher games. You do what? Tie-ins. Like make a a COD clone that's Zero Dark Thirty. Um, you can do like uh, Custer's Revenge for Sisters Brothers. You sort of hmm. fit all the games yeah. in with all the Fox movies. Fox Catcher fighting game. Link. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fox Catcher fighting game. <laughs> Fox Catcher wrestling game. Yeah, it's like Fight Night or whatever. Or like it's that WarioWare game where you pick the nose. That'd be good for sure. John DuPont's giant makeup nose. Yeah. Give it a whole fucking nunchuck in there. there. Phantom thread game where you're just designing clothes. Yeah, that would be sick. That's more of an Annapurna game. Vice game where, you know, you start the war in. Yeah. Oh, you know, Detroit. You have to go find Jesse Plemons' heart. Like, where'd you go, Bernadette video God, game, where you've got to figure out where Bernadette went? <laughs> that's a classic, I, yeah. That's like an iPhone mystery game with a quirky font, is where'd you go, Bernadette? Um, yeah, where'd you go, Bernadette is kind of the Sam Barlow game. Where'd you hey, go, hey, Bernadette is now. like a book where you're like, this could be, this feels more like a video game than a book. There's nothing going on here. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> I don't want to like toot my own horn with something I said on Letterboxd, but I did call Live by Night a movie that feels like a video game based on a play. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, do we want to... Uh, 2019, you mentioned... Uh, so for Sayonara, Wild Hearts, uh, the games... Or the games, the movies that came out that year in various co-productions and distributions and credit only... Uh, attributes for them were Missing Link, Booksmart, Hustlers, Bombshell, Where Do You Go Bernadette, <laughs> and the Army Hammer Dakota Johnson movie Wounds, uh, which was an early, I think that was what, Sundance 2019, and then yeah. jumped on Hulu. Yeah, they were, yeah, I feel like five different uh, distributors were like, right. actually, we can't put out wounds. Yeah, <laughs> that was was that the it. one that was screen that was it was screening during Sundance, but not at Sundance. And he was well, like, no, he was leaving like rubber snakes on he the was, floor. Yeah, right? it was yeah. rubber Fake cockroaches. cockroaches. Yes, cockroach. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Army Hammer was pulling a George Clooney style prank on everyone at Sundance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And then the speaking of video game mechanics, (laughs) (laughs) and there's kind of no better example of the company, the video game company taking off and the film company failing than Hustlers, which is a credit only. (laughs) Right. And STX ends up really financial insolvency. Yeah. They they have to get rid of it when they were planning to produce and distribute. Mm-hmm. yeah and it's like yeah they put out they are floundering as a movie company in 2019 and in 2019 they pull out turn our wild hearts telling lies and outer wild outer wild specifically a night game we're not gonna talk about that much but i feel like that yeah, is like I've heard it is that. one of like the most that, important that is, video games of this century like mm-hmm. yeah I, yeah i guess to break to put it into a movie context that is like to them i feel like what uh, Moonlight is the eight twenty four. It is like, what put them on the map. It's the breakout, yeah. the crossover. Mm-hmm. One for the ages. So true. <laughs> yeah, a classic game. I started playing multiple times and being like, I am too dumb for this, and then just put it down. I, you know, it sort of came out in a fallow period for gaming for me, and I never picked it up. But I remember people I knew liked it a lot. You should check it out. Yeah, it's yeah very good. Um, yeah. And it, it, it's sort of like the book of games for me at that time where I was, where the second time I tried that, I was like, oh, I get this. It was really good. And then I played like 30 minutes of it and then put it down and never put it back. Yeah, it's like hard to jump back in where you left off. We'll talk about this too, but they're kind of like, they're definitely the Annapurna games that are more narratively focused and are closer to like the walking simulator style game. And then sure. there are the other ones that are strangely like obsessed with cool locomotion which we'll talk about very soon i think uh yeah we can can um, use that as a transition i don't like the former ones as much because Mm -hmm. if i'm gonna watch or like listen to a story that sucks i might as well do a movie (laughs) instead of a game yeah but outer wilds is like the exception that proves the rule like you understand why everyone wants to make something like that when you play that game because it is Mm -hmm. it is so 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 cool and full of its own neat kind of tricks that other people pull off later as well. Yeah. All right, should we talk about Neon White? Um, yeah, let's talk about Neon White. You can uh, – I, 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 the reason I get Neon White is like Amelia was talking about podcasts and things. Uh, you, JJ, had a Twitter thread of your games of the year, and I was sort of, as I mentioned, only playing Fall Guys last year. And uh, I was like, I guess maybe I should look at some of these video games. I was in a weird situation where I was – in uh my house got flooded on christmas eve last year so i was in a hotel and from like january until february and um playing i i had my switch with me so i was the way i was playing games was using a pro controller and playing just on my switch rested against something because i didn't have a tv (laughs) and uh so i played a a few um hours of neon white that way and then Amelia was like, oh, we're going to do this video game episode. You already played Neon White? And I was like, well, I already <laughs> played it in that I played, like, the first four levels uh, and skipped every single cutscene <laughs> and only played the game uh, and did not have, like, the time of day, really, for the sort of jokey, okay. you know, crazy taxi voices going on. <laughs> Yeah, so Neon White, you're right, for my legendary deleted Twitter thread, was my number two video game of the year last year. But I'll say this, because I can already tell where the conversation might be going. 
It is the number. <laughs> it is the number one fucking sickest game of all time. <laughs> it's, I, it's the so mechanics cool. are great. It is an incredibly satisfying game to play. I did have a bit of the thing, like Amelia was just talking about, where in the time that I had taken off of like playing it at the beginning of this year and trying to play it again in the most like the past couple of weeks, I was like, I forgot everything. <laughs> uh, I don't know, like. It is a game, like you were saying, Andy, we all know X means jump. This is the right trigger is your jump. Um, I, I'm playing on a Switch, obviously, so it was ZR. Um, and that sort of, once you get into the mechanics of that, it's like you're jumping and then uh, it's a card. It's uh, How do you explain it? It's like you pick up cards that you can that are your weapons. You can use them as a normal weapon, like a shooter in a video game, or you can discard it, and it uses the weapon's special ability, and they propel you, they throw you, like, you can jump higher, you can slam down, and you're using all of this to get from one end of the map to the other, killing demons, because the game is that you are brought up from hell to heaven uh, to kill the demons that have gotten away and are in heaven, and you're like an amnesiac going around trying to place your memories and also take out these demons and the way each level works is it's comprised of different smaller uh, like sections within and you are trying to like get the best time and that was a thing when I was playing I would like finish a level and not progress in the story because I would just be replaying that level over and over again to get the best time amongst like my switch friends on my leaderboard um and in like in playing it, it is incredibly satisfying once you are like nailing the combos of discarding and shooting and like hitting the barrels and sliding, you do feel like limitless, unstoppable, <laughs> and it is great. But uh I did just have a hard time with like the dialogue <laughs> and like even at a certain point, like you can't just skip it, you're fast forwarding through it, so I'm like just checking my phone <laughs> as I'm waiting two minutes to get through all these dialogue options. But, uh, yeah, it is. So this is another Ben Esposito game and it yeah. very much, it's like donut County is you're a hole. You put things in the hole, the hole gets bigger. And this game is first person shooter, platformer, visual novel, card building <laughs> kind of yeah. game. And it sounds so complicated on paper. Um, and I, sure. I immediately, I, I like donut County. I played it the day it came out. I thought it was really sweet. I had a great time. Never played it again. And I remember yeah. seeing, oh, the guy's making a new game and thinking, how can he do this? Because he <laughs> made such a simple game and now this team is making something that sounds so complicated. But the brilliant thing about Neon White is that it is not a card, like a deck building game where you are building any kind of complicated deck. You are making decisions yeah. in the span of a second or two. And the levels for most of the game, really until the very end, are under a minute long. Um, yeah. And once you get good at them, they're much shorter than that. So it's also like a high score game. In between that, yeah. as Colin pointed out, it is very much a visual novel style, like two characters pop up on screen. You have walls of text. It is aiming for a style of edgelord anime that I have never watched myself. Um, and they... It's not only that there's a lot of that between worlds, thankfully. It's not between levels. It happens between worlds, usually. Yes, yeah. It is f very, like, mercifully few and far between. But they bury um, a lot of the coolest levels behind having to go and talk to those characters and, like, deliver as stuff. much yeah. as you can. 
But it is one of those games that, like, the mechanic itself is so genius. It's Mirror's Edge plus, like, again, a card builder where you have guns and sometimes you will shoot the guns, but you're usually discarding them and yeah. using those secret powers and chaining them together and yeah. feeling like you are, a, a like, a god. It's incredible. Yes. And, like, the the, the way the enemies, like... They each have their own distinct like I I did not get very far into it um but like the few levels I did play like the enemies all have their own distinct way that they you can kill them there's like guys you can jump on and you chain those together and it's a great feeling and then yeah like the just the uh the the repetition and like getting the best level is something that I am just like I can do this for a while <laughs> and just like keep playing the same level over and over again resetting the second i mess up so i can go back and do it perfectly yeah um the triple click podcast recently had an episode where they were talking about how like the two ends of the video game spectrum can be like thought games where you're planning things out you're making big decisions you're engaging Mm -hmm. different parts of your brain and then flow games where you are just experiencing this thing in the moment it is all about that kind of gameplay zen state and this game except for when it goes into the visual novel and you think why did they do this um it is like the most flow state game possible like it sounds so complicated it sounds like a thought game a card building game that's usually thinking and it is Mm -hmm. it is not that at all it is just i see this i know what it means i've learned from the previous level to do this now and they're building on it in interesting iterative ways um this was like the most fun i had straight like flat out fun i had playing a game last year but then yeah. also the more i thought about it the more i was like how much do i want to attach myself to these, sure, yeah i mean to these characters that yeah it is like if you could you know line up in the middle where it is like a game that is incredibly satisfying and like engaging to play just physically with also the emotional connection of something and like uh, a sense of like profundity that I think is missing a lot. But indie game is sort of as a genre, the the thing that I feel like people point to that the most as where it's like, I had this experience playing, uh, you know, gone home or whatever. Or, um, what's that game? Uh, I mean, the one I mentioned earlier, Valiant Hearts is like an indie game that is like incredibly emotionally satisfying as like, a war story and an educational like Outer here's what was happening in World War One. Sure, yeah. But yeah, this is this is not that. Although I do think there is an argument to be made, and I don't know if I'm gonna make this argument, that the cringe is part of the appeal. Like the fact that you are a you know a, essentially someone rising from hell to clean up demons, like this short yeah. this story should be as embarrassing as possible to sit through yeah and i think it knows it's yeah, embarrassing too. I mean, this it, isn't it, a game that is sure like, yes yeah that is like yeah we are making <laughs> outer wilds too this is a game that is like this is cringe this sucks we love it and i'm i'm iffy on it yeah. but yeah it's, it's really part of the aesthetic yes sure. it is part like I, I i similar i mean similarly to uh donut county it's like i don't really it's hard to like begrudge the game because it is like what it's setting out to be, and I'm just not a fan of it. But it so, is also like you can skip it, so it is. It's like the half and half where it's like it is annoying, and maybe I don't like 
care about it at all, but I also so am able is, to uh, fast forward. This sounds kind of like the Bardo of video games. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Sorry to... All right. I, I made a... Threw out a guess. Swing and a miss. All right. <laughs> so, this is more like the crank yeah. high voltage of video games. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> that's a good comparison yeah but it's cool because it's like, like i mean so many of the games we've talked about like uh what remains of edith finch the unfinished one garagara uh gone home outer wilds like when you think of like what's the best case scenario for like billionaire uh nepo baby decides to take her mm-hmm. movie uh production company that exclusively gives checks to auteurs and wants to make video games, those games sound like the best case scenario for what that company makes. They're arty, they have these interesting kind of mechanics, they're telling these stories that are trying to make you feel something emotionally. And what's so exciting about Neon White is it's like, actually they can just make something that has breakbeat fucking music that makes you want to sure, yeah. jump like out of a window of a third story building. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's it's so cool, even though it's not cool at all. Uh, yeah, it it is. That it, I mean, is... you made it sound like Bardo again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe you would think it's like Bardo. You have a very unique read yeah, on you, Bardo. Yeah, uh, you as someone who's like, like, <laughs> or I'm like, the first half is okay, and I'm trying to convince myself I like it, and then the rest of it sucks. Is not really the experience I had with the Unwise. Yes, I bet. Uh, I you know well. <laughs> I'll never Anything. know. I don't know who the video game yeah. controller. Yeah. All right. Neon Neon uh, White Speedrun Bardo double feature coming soon. Yeah. Do you think you could beat Neon White before in shorter than the runtime of Bardo? <laughs> I no. I'll tell you this. The movie I would pair Bardo with, or the game, is probably twelve minutes because they're games and movies I did not finish. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> 12 minutes, almost the game I gave Jesse. Like, maybe she, maybe she's the person to risk Jesse never minutes. would have played a video that's... game again. What is 12 well, minutes? Now so 12 minutes is like... This is the, the, the Daisy Ridley one, right? Yes. Yeah, I remember Ridley hearing about it. This is the, like, I don't know. If anyone here is going to play 12 minutes at any point, although I don't even know. I've hopefully, like... Men in Black style mind wiped away the ending of this game after I looked it up, but this was a super hyped up game because it yeah it stars Daisy Ridley, um, Willem Dafoe and um, James McAvoy right I think is the third one. That's I think it's and the it's third the, person. That also be, even before it had a big voice cast, I feel like that was a game that was like at nineteen different E threes and people kept talking about it as like this cool indie experiment. Do it. Yeah, and it's a guy who was like I think at Rockstar and Ubisoft and then left and helped work on The Witness. So another kind Great of game. big game indie game, and then this is like this is the worst case scenario for what happens when a movie company starts making video games and it had all these like i remember there was a splashy la times piece about it when it first came out 
it was a Game Pass game, so I remember checking it out very soon. Whoa. And it played Tribeca. Speaking of, uh, <laughs> whoa! I mean, yeah, there is yeah, well. sure. the Tribe- Tribeca games is maybe another thing. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> like when they showed all of the La Noir or whatever. See La Noir. I was talking about this recently. I was like, everyone talks about that game as being bad, but I had a great time, and I really. I feel like LA. people mostly fondly remember that game as just like a weird thing that happened. It was me as like whatever a 15 year old loving mad men and it coming out i was like ken cosgrove video game this is perfect for me but 12 minutes is a game it's another time loop game uh sure okay do you have any guesses how long the time loop is oh uh, yeah 12 minutes about half an hour <laughs> and, um and basically it's this story again i feel like i'm gonna mess it up because i don't want to remember it but it's essentially <laughs> like Willem Dafoe plays a man who invades your home and um, does horrible things to your wife over and over and over again until mm. it is eventually revealed. Um, some kind of incest is going on that you have forgotten about due to whatever. <laughs> so this know. is like wow. a it's like Night this is like a Chuck really, game. <laughs> Here it is. Talking to his yeah. father about falling in love with his half-sister. Time loops is are revealed like, to be the husband imagining a positive future with the wife. They're, they're playing characters, or is it them? Like, does it, no, does it look like them? It, it's like it, it's like top-down. Yeah. Okay, so sure. it's like So it's like you don't really see their faces all that much, and I don't think it looks like them. No, it sounds like them, though. Yeah, It does sound like <laughs> sure. them. Yeah, they're not, doing, they're not doing a different voice. <laughs> It'd be really yeah, funny if they hired it. Daisy Ridley and then had her do a French accent or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that one yeah, sucks. To, what That's is that game, story. Quantum Break, where it's the guy from uh, X-Men? Yeah, Sean Ashmore. Yeah. Yeah. But I, that was a game I feel like was just like very hyped and it had like the Annapurna backing and then all the famous people in it and then it came out and every person who was like reviewing it before it came out was like, this game is the worst thing ever <laughs> it's so awful yeah it's that's funny gross yeah it's like it's yeah. right um i mean again i mentioned earlier this ben Lindbergh piece which um anyone who's listening to this should go read that piece because it unpacks a lot of the larger history of where annapurna slots into idiot indie video game development i mean one of the interesting things about them is like I don't think I ever said when I first started thinking about indie video games, but it was definitely Xbox Live Arcade um, sure. and playing stuff like Geometry Wars, which yeah. um, is like this, this the ability to distribute your games to people did not require having the knowledge of where to find them across disparate parts of the internet. It was just, you have an Xbox and you can download Castle Crashers now and you are playing yeah. that and you're playing Limbo and whatever else. Um, but then really like, 2013 2014 2015 it starts to become this idea of like have we did 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 that reach a crescendo is that over and that's when annapurna starting to fail as a film business is like let's get into this um and it ends up working out but that piece is really interesting it's written right before the release of um maquette which is this like it's one of those ones where the story also feels like I've seen this done before. It, it, it's about this like struggling couple, but it's this first person puzzle game. And at that point, like Annapurna had a flawless kind of track record. 
and then very soon it's maquette which is kind of technically broken and they're like is it boring and then 12 minutes comes out and that flawless track record is not so flawless wow. anymore sure yeah uh-huh. well at least it, it, i mean 12 minutes does have this hideo kojima praised 12 minutes stating that he hadn't been into a game this much since inside and it inspired him to consider making another adventure game inside <laughs> very is a video game i think about a lot um which I do think it was like a very enjoyable game to play, um, but I, I mean, also that's like, a, that's like Annapurna vibes because it's the follow up to Limbo. Sure, yeah, it's like a, an, an indie sequel from or not a sequel, but like an indie follow up from a hyped creator. But the um, the thing that I remember and think about all the time is you can or there was like uh, people talking about the real doll company making like a fleshy of the inside uh, monster that is like at the end of the game where all these people are sort of morphed together as this giant fleshy ball. They like made one that was of real Whoa. doll material. I don't like and, this. Like, sound. Has, oh, yeah, it's say. pretty funny. <laughs> I didn't want to know that. Yeah. I mean, in, inside good game, very, a lot of that. A lot yeah. Of, it is like uh, fleshy yeah. and, <laughs> It's a not a, it's a gross game for sure. This is the little uh, I don't know how to look held up to the zoom camera, but it's uh that's the little fleshy human thing. No, don't, no, no, don't like it. Don't like, like it. No, squishy. No. It's deeply moving in the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's I mean, are there any further thoughts on Neon White or Annapurna? Uh, the, yeah, we said earlier the only uh, Annapurna movie that came out in 2022 was she said. <laughs> Um, Good movie. Can I do some? No. <laughs> can I do some quick hits? Disagree. On ones we haven't talked about. Yeah. Oh please, yes, oh, yes, yes. No. Yes. Okay. All right. You know what? Uh, Closing I, 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 Zoom. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Audio <understood>. recording. <laughs> yeah, that'd be such a big dog move. I was like, <laughs> nah. <laughs> I wasn't trying to steal a bevy of bevies earlier. I just had a drink okay. and I needed to do it. And I'm gonna let you know right now. I'm still sipping on this uh, lavender one, and it. Still tastes yeah. pretty lavender-like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Amelia just cracked into a G Fuel. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, come on. We're enter- entering hour two of podcasting. Need that G Fuel. Um, okay. Um, uh, Amelia, you played part of Solar Ash, but it made you um, your tummy hurt, right? <laughs> I mean, it makes my head hurt, and then if I kept playing it, it made my tummy I will hurt. say... Which is sad, because the reason I picked it is because I'm a big hyper-like drifter guy. I really I like think that. a lot of people, their kind of takeaway from that game was not dissimilar to that. They were like, this feels like maybe too ambitious and kind of wonky to control uh, with a keyboard and mouse or with a controller. Um, I love that game. I think that game is so cool and has an incredible soundtrack. It looks amazing. Yes, it's another one where purple is a key part of how the game looks, so I like it because I like purple. Um, But I think that game is really cool. I'm just going to go through some of these we haven't... I'll say, say, I made it through the first boss, and when I got to the end of the first boss, I was like, I'm very sad that I physically cannot continue to play this game because I think it's very cool and it plays very well, but I just cannot. All right, well, well, I'm going to send you a controller. We'll see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If anybody wants to send me drama me, (laughs) (laughs) you can't. (laughs) Um, Has anyone played Watam? 
No, no, that's another classic with like like seven E threes. Yeah, it's the the um, Katamari Damacy guys game sure. for Annapurna, um, which is weird because Donut County is kind of Annapurna's Katamari Damacy game. Yeah. Um, this game is impossible to play because you choose your character using the right stick, but it is a three D game. So to turn the camera, you use R two and L two, and that means there is no looking up and down in my experience and the fact that it's a 3d world and i can't look up and down made me like itch my skin off it is That's crazy it hurts so much to play um kentucky yeah. route zero is cool i like twin peaks as well yeah yeah um the pathless <laughs> has anyone played the pathless no. This no. Is, the best one is kind of like a solar ash, right? It's sort of like you move around fun in like an open it's world. It's another game yeah. where it's like um, just all about cool locomotion. Um, this is a game where you shoot like your arrows at floating diamonds and that boosts your power up and you like never stop running. Um, it's really cool uh, every time it doesn't. It Whenever it's not stopping to do its story, it's awesome. Um, and then I will just say, and I've talked about this uh, before on a podcast, but uh, Stray, their big game last year. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, that one broke through enough that I have played some of that I, one. So I also I played like, a little bit of Stray. I was aware of it. I've not played you, this. You can't say I it's am, true of most of these other I am games. also aware of that. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's whatever. Whatever you think of Jeff Keighley's Game Awards, it was nominated for Game of, year, game of the Year there. Um, I don't like that game. <laughs> I love cats, though. Sure. Yeah, I, I remember I, feeling yeah. a little like it wasn't finished. Like, it was very glitchy, very, like... It's, like, super um, video gamey too. There's parts where you're, like... Like, the whole appeal of it is that you are a cat navigating this space, but then platforming right. is handled Assassin's Creed style, where you just hold X and that moves him around. And then yeah. sometimes your computer friend turns into a shotgun... And you're shooting these bug right. things. Right, this is the thing. And... I liked it when it was just, like, exploring spaces and environments and, like, cool, like, future world and stuff. And then, like, when it was like, oh, you have to, like, collect all these things and, like, remember the map and go to places. I was like, oh, this is less. Look, I'm a cat. I shouldn't have an inventory. <laughs> right, yeah. If I have an inventory, it's my, hidden yeah. under the couch <laughs> of all stuff yeah. I stole. <laughs> yeah. But um, that's it. I think those are the only kind of major ones we haven't touched on. I'm trying to figure out where I would have even heard about Stray. I guess just based on the small... People were, like, tweeting out. Based on the small number of people who I engage with who talk about video games, it might have just also been Ben Lindbergh. Yeah. It's, I mean, you're right. It's in the franchise of cats, like so. People like people are just sure, sure. You, I mean, you I can do feel like I heard someone talk floor. about it on a podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, you can take a nap. Just before we get into special presentations, I there was a few as we were talking about video games. I was thinking about indie, smaller, you know, arcadey video games that I've played, and uh, anyone else is obviously welcome to do this. But uh, two that I would want to recommend for our listeners out there. These are certified classics, in my opinion. We got Papers, Please, a great game where you're a border agent uh, checking off people's passports in, uh, you know, Eastern Europe. I believe uh, it's been a minute. Um, and the other one is much more arcadey and is a great one if you have a lot of people or uh, a, a few people is uh, Towerfall Ascension which is a great... He was talking about shooting arrows. I was like, 
I used to love playing Towerfall Ascension, which is just like a game where you're on a map and uh, a, like a single sort of location, and it's like last man standing. You have these weapons and multiple hearts and different mechanics on the maps that help and hurt other players, and it's incredibly fun. Um, the last little Annapurna uh, tale that I do want to mention is they were mostly out of distribution after you know 2019 mm-hmm. where you go but of course, as we've talked about several times, their weird little like dying rattle or something, where they bought Gerard Carmichael's on the count of three, oh, right. three Sundances ago, Jesus. held on yes. to it for over a year, and then sort of put it out, and now it's just on Hulu as a Hulu original. Yes, so that's it like, like <laughs> that's very a 2019 strange. Sundance also, right? Yeah, it was like yeah, it was like the the first pandemic Sundance, I think. Or so was, yeah, so t- was where because I saw yeah. it there, and they bought it uh-huh, and then held right, on to it yeah. for over a year, gave it like a, a, a you know a very mm-hmm. weak release, yeah, barely did not a, play release a lot of theaters. last May. Uh, it was on VOD very quickly. Yeah, that and, and like I said, now it's just on Hulu as a Hulu original. Well, that's for great. Some that movie is maybe <laughs> the most in line with what it seems like we've been talking about their uh, games output, where it's like, oh, this doesn't work, but it is interesting. Yeah, yeah I kind of like that, that movie. Bad. Yeah, it's yeah I kind yeah. of like, it's like it eighty too, minutes, <laughs> but it doesn't work. I think it looks incredible I mean, too. We've talked about this. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Do you remember uh, I mean, when Anna Perna tried I, to uh, make a make the make No Time to Die? Right, that's right. They were gonna write never a sign, James never Bond a good sign when your indie <laughs> production company is like, "How do we not die? Let's <laughs> right. make a James Bond I guess movie. we'll take on the James Bond franchise. But that's what leads yeah. to yeah. them having that United Artists releasing kind of deal because that hooks them up right. with MGM and sure. Now everything's on and Hulu. Then Amazon buys them, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I don't know. I feel like the games that, like, it has, like, come up for me as we've been talking of, like, games that I like and the, like, oh, this is, like, pretty cringy, internet-y humor stuff, but are fun to play are those, uh, games on armor games with the elephant. I like those. Those have fun mechanics. Figure out what the, there's, uh... What's it? Called? They're like all based around like game mechanics. Like there's one about levels. Oh, I know and what one you're talking about. about. Um, yes, uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't remember what it is called. Uh, what's um, it? The elephant. I do remember. Yeah, it's like oh, a little blue elephant. That, uh, this is the only level. Is one of them right? And then. Uh, this is like classic Flash game, like yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Hapland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's the other impossible game? game? Achievement yeah. unlocked. Flash games is the other one. Achievement unlocked. I yeah, use that is those are good one. games. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Should we also talk about that we tried to get Andy to play Minecraft at the beginning of 2022? Yeah, why? He, he never figured it out. This episode, <laughs> he, you really didn't like it. That's yeah. what I was gonna say. Yeah, no, I didn't like that game. I wanted there to be something. I wanted to uh, be able to. Win. Right, I was gonna say exactly. <laughs> you have the exact opposite pride. Uh, problem that I have with all these games, where I'm like, I don't want to win. Then it's just over. Where you were like, Why can't I win? Yeah. And we were maybe, like, well, maybe video- yeah, we were like, you could yeah, maybe- win, but you don't want to. Yeah, it's like you can beat the Ender Dragon. Yeah. I guess it's gonna take a lot of time. Yeah. 
Maybe vi- maybe video games will be the central to the to the, the fundamental difference between Jesse and Andy <laughs> episode that we're gonna. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. People should play Hades. Everybody. Yeah, you know, Hades, Dead Cells is a classic good. one as well Dead that Cells I played a lot. Good. Uh, Hyperlife Drifter. Uh, I don't know. I've, there's a lot. The problem is there's no letterbox for video. There games, is. So it I just don't remember sucks. what I. And there's like two competing sure. ones now and. <laughs> they should just start a monopoly and release like l- the letterbox UI whatever everything one for books one yeah. for TV one for movies and let it just be for everything. The TV one I feel I like server is just the letterbox clone that works. Yeah, just like whatever serial something. Video game ones. I think I have an account. Sure, there, yeah. Just doesn't look it's good. Like no one wants a good reads in 2023. No, instead, I'll just try and add Death Stranding to my letterbox over and over again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, people should play Metal Gear Solid 5. Sure. <laughs> I really like that. Video games in the abstract. Um, I do have a memory. People should play a lot, of, a lot of video games from 2015, which is when I was really gaming. <laughs> we should play The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt and Metal Gear Solid be the fan. Um, um, I will add... I remember- if anyone wants to be my friend on The Simpsons Tapped Out, I am Andy T. Germ on that platform. Hey, you I'm can. Uh, Springfield. I think you have to. I don't think you can friend someone on Pokemon Go based on their uh, username. I think yeah. you have to have the like long numerical code, which I'm not going to read on the podcast. Yeah, friend codes. Suck. Yeah. Uh, I just beat the fourth Divine Beast on Zelda, so people should at me on Twitter and tell me to finish Zelda. Uh, you know, maybe I the peak all... of a uh, game that was too hard for me. I played that, that... all of Breath of the Wild up until, like, I beat all the Divine Beasts and was ready to fight Ganon, and then just fell off and have not gotten back, and it is a thing where it's like, Dude, I so every time like I go that. back, I am just like, I need to start over. I don't remember how to do anything. <laughs> You know, I beat I bought the game during the pandemic when we all bought switches, and I basically have beaten one divine beast every six. Months. Yeah, I just beat the fourth one, so I did. I need to finish the it's game like, now. I, but I have a lot of stuff going. Yeah. on. I have heat tutors. Yeah, can I tell you the three um, games I'm playing right now? Mainly, please. Okay, first oh, one. Sure. I'll start with an indie one because it's super cool, and then we'll do two non NFT Square Enix games. Um, <laughs> I'm playing this game called Pizza Tower. Um, if you listen to the show I work for, Blank Check, this is the most Griffin Newman show or game ever made to the point where I was thinking about sending him my Steam Deck so he could play it. Um, this wow. is a Wario Land style platformer where you are a pizza chef. Uh, and it is it is done. <laughs> Do you in have a top style... hat or like a, one of the big white? Oh, the oh white you got hats. the big white yeah. hat, yeah. Um, and it is it is done in the like the style of animation is very much like almost like Rocco's Modern Life or like early Lasky sure. Chupo that kind of era sure. Nickelodeon yeah. show. Um, and it has that kind of gross out humor too, but it is all pizza themed, and basically yeah. it is this super like fast frantic. Wario Land style platformer where you are going into the pizza tower, you find the most important ingredient or whatever it is you find, it doesn't even matter, and then the pizza tower starts collapsing and you have to run and make your way out. But it, the tower yeah. is made of pizza or it just has pizza? I, I think it's like a very bad pun. Well, it has pizza ingredients in it and then there are some sure. pizza enemies. It's a leaning tower pizza. Yeah, that's what it sure. is. <laughs> 
but okay. um, it's it's so cool, and it's this really exciting indie game. Um, only on Steam right now. Um, it might be on other parts of PC, but it's only on PC as far as I know. Um, would be perfect for the Switch if it ever comes to the Switch. Um, the other two games I'm playing... Um, so if you are someone who maybe got Final Fantasy VII when you were a child and didn't like it and then later became attached to the game, uh, you should check out the easily titled Fiat Rhythm Final Bar Line. <laughs> Does anyone know about sure. Fiat Rhythm Final Bar Line? Yes, they're rhythm games where you Fantasy play the music, music of the Final Fantasy franchise. And sure. I... I will say um, I have only played Final Fantasy VII Remake and Fiat Rhythm sure. Final Bar Line. Those are the two Final Fantasy games I have ever played, and I love this game. It has like saved me whenever I'm feeling anxious. I go in, I have some nice music to play, and it's so simple. I mean, you can play it with like two buttons, and it's whatever buttons you want. Like, There's not even a specific button you have to hit. You just have to hit a button when it tells you to hit it. Um, and then I'm playing a game called Octopath Traveler 2, which is a sequel to a game I did not like very much, and then still bought it anyways because I'm not very wise with my money. But this time, it worked out because this game is absolutely incredible, and it has like the best music I've heard in a game probably since Neon White. Um, and each of the stories are much more interesting this time around. The basic concept is you are forming a party of eight different characters except none of them are really who the main character in a video game would be none of them are like the silent kind of hero the savior kind of character they're all like side characters living their own stories there's like a wild west story there's an island with monsters that you train and turn into jerky story you know those classic two types of stories the cowboy yeah. and the monster <laughs> jerky person um but it's like the best kind of turn-based combat i have ever played um and uh it's super fun it's got i'm currently a scholar who's locked up in prison because uh someone framed him for murdering his or burning his wife and daughter to death yeah. so it's like manchester by the stuff. sea Sounds like a rough yeah. <laughs> yep. Octopath Traveler uh, is a classic game that like was I think on the Ringer's best video games <laughs> of the year list that year, and I like bought it, played like a minute and a half, it's so and then every time I'm on a plane, I'm like, I should play Octopath Traveler, like, and then I just you know read or watch something <laughs> on my phone. Um, yeah, first one is super boring yeah. and like the same thing the whole time, just super grindy, and this new one is not. Video games are maybe yeah. also the thing that is like, I will just. In the past, I've just like spent money on a video game and then not touched it at all. And it's like, <laughs> I bought when Kingdom Hearts uh, three came out and they re-released like the first two with all like the extras and everything. I was like, oh, this is gonna be great. I'll buy this, play all the games. It'll be like so much worth the money that I'm spending. And then I just didn't play it at all. My brother played it. And I was like, I guess I just wasted, you know, like a hundred dollars on these games that I did not touch at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, unfortunately for that, for me has been a final fantasy seven remake, which I bought on sale on my computer. Cause I was like, I need a nice looking game to look on this nice looking computer. And then I played like a level of it was like, wow, this is great. Never played it again. Yeah, that was like a year ago. Gotta go back. Uh, <laughs> did did play like hours of Sifu and never beat it. 
But that was a game, that was like the anti uh, theat rhythm where it was like, I guess it's time to be stressed now, so let me play something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, with that. Oh, but, oh, wait, wait, wait. Last thing I wanted to say this is a game I remembered because JJ talked about turn based, which is, I, this, I think this is a different turn based than Octopath Traveler, but Into the Breach is maybe the best video game ever. Oh, yeah, that's a oh. tactics game, and tactics games are the best. Yeah. Well,. And special it, presentation. Yeah, yeah, an adjacent sort of recommendation time. Do we have any special presentations? JJ, do you have one you'd like to start us off with? Or No, come back to me. We'll come back, we'll come back. Anyone else? Uh, Jesse, I know you said you were yeah, I mean, there's, working on one. Well, there's, yeah, there's just only one thing that it can be, which is sure. that we watched uh, Bullworth last night, and it's, I think, the the uh film of our time yeah <laughs> that's a great call yeah. there's not there's not a lot else to say about it you just watch Bullworth and you're like yeah that that explains it <laughs> yeah it's itself uh, or like the world what do you both. i I, both. I didn't watch Bullworth, i mean to be clear. actually yeah. no i would say it completely fails to explain itself uh but the world okay. yes yeah i see I have seen that one clip from Bullworth a bunch, I feel like. Which but, one? Uh, yeah, where he starts rapping right. sure. at the, uh, it's, yeah, it's, That's it's a Twitter big favorite. rap. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where he's got the uh, cassette player and he starts playing the music right. into That's a the good microphone scene as he's walking around. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a great scene. Uh, Andy, do you have a special presentation? Uh, sure, I will say. So uh, I sort of talked about it. Steven Spielberg's been doing the rounds. In promotion of his upcoming movie, the fa- or his uh, his current movie, The Fablemans, which is uh, nominated for several Oscars, uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Uh, it won the Palm Dolly. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we so, but uh, I finally caught up with his Fresh Air, uh, where he sat down with Terry Gross uh, in November, and it's a nice interview, very insightful. <laughs> and at the end, she does uh, say, um, "I talked to John Waters and asked him his favorite porn film title." And he said it was Shaving Ryan's Private. Have you ever heard of that movie? And Spielberg answers that question. And then he was on Colbert uh, earlier this week, um, or I guess last week as, as this episode is coming out, mm-hmm. uh, and did like a long sit-down interview. And again, like lots of really like interesting, thoughtful questions and answers. And then at the end, there's like a fun riff about uh, Colbert trying to get him to commit to making E.T. 2, uh, which sure. I thought was very enjoyable. And, um <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. I just I'm I'm really happy that Spielberg is trying to win an Oscar and doing lots of press because I think he's a well, very delightful person. <laughs> never have I more wished that he would be successful. I would never have thought that I would wish that either. Yeah. Amelia, do you have one? Uh, I just finished reading The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay by Michael Chabon. I'm in my book period, so I have been going through my process of just not knowing any people who read that much so i've just been looking at lists of pulitzer prize winning <laughs> novels and man booker prize winning <laughs> novels yeah and that was one of them so i bought it and it's really good it's 600 pages by the end i was very attached to these people and was very sad to stop reading yeah. because it is a great story um it is it is sort of fableman's vibesy i was thinking mm. about like that sort of look at an adaptation of it but it's just a great book and i really like reading yeah um reading's cool yeah we all love it reading's i love cool. it yeah. it's, it's the year of books 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's the yearbooks. We've done a video game episode before we've done a books episode this year, which is maybe... Which is crazy, because last year was canonically the year of the gamer. <laughs> <laughs> um, my uh, quick special presentation is a movie called Visions of Eight that is a documentary project that this guy, David L. Wolper, put together where he got eight directors to film at the 1972 Summer Olympics in Munich. Uh, and it's like Arthur Penn, Milos Forman, John Schlesinger, you know, eight, eight directors. They each direct a segment uh, focusing on the Olympics. And it is so good. It's like the, the type of... I think last time when you were on, even, JJ, we talked about... Because um, we were talking about music mm-hmm. films. We talked a little bit about... Um, uh, uh, what is the... Um, like, I don't know why I can't pull the title now. It's like Summer... Jazz on a Summer's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like a great, you know, just documentary at the time. And it is like a thing I thought of. Um, uh, Amazing Grace and Apollo 11. Is that what it was? The uh, the documentary that... Um, they're just like these archive films where they have this footage and restore it and make it look great. You know, Beatles get back. You can throw in that conversation a little bit. But this one, it was just like at the time... They made this documentary and put it out, and it, uh, the the current restoration that they have on uh, Criterion Channel is where I watched it, uh, and it's incredible. It's just these eight little short films of uh, different things. One is all about like uh, the women of the Olympics. Um, uh, Milos uh, uh, Forman does one that's like very funny about uh, sort of skewering the 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 German officials and how respectful they're trying to be as this being the first Olympics held in Germany since uh, you know World War II when Hitler was uh, at, at the, that Olympics in Berlin um, but then there's uh, Claude Lelouch or Lelouch I'm not Lelouch, sure I pronounced his name correctly uh, Lelouch sure he um, one of his short is called The Losers <laughs> and it's just about like capturing someone's face the moment they know they aren't going to get the gold medal at the Olympics. And it is like this very emotional, crushing thing. There's this like boxer who is like throwing a tantrum because he's lost and he's just like, you know, hauling about the boxing ring and everyone starts booing him. Uh, but it, it's just like a gorgeous documentary that I think is really worth the time. There's a, um, a short by, uh, let me get the director's name real quick. Loading on, uh, here we go. Uh, Kony Chikawa. The God. He, yes, he did a Tokyo Olympiad, which I do need to seek out now. Um, but his segment is all about, uh, he had like 34 cameras set up on one 100 meter dash and is just filming their faces in slow motion as it's like just the only thing on them bouncing. And it's just a very, you know, uh, funny little film to watch amongst these other ones that are all varying degrees of, uh, like levity and sadness and all this thing that uh, come with it. And it's just great. I, I really liked it. Do you know what you have just opened? Like, I <laughs> I am obsessed with the Olympic films. I have watched sure. all of them. Visions of Eight is I need to get more one into... of the best. Talk to me. We could, if I'm not inviting See, myself back thing. on, but I would do an Olympic <laughs> documentary podcast yeah. because they are so, so, so interesting. Can I tell you, okay, you mentioned Tokyo Olympiad, which is like full stop, one of the like, four or five greatest documentaries ever made sure be on the outer edge of my sight and sound list it's so good um can i recommend a weird one for you 
And Please, for anyone any. else. Okay, so it's not too soon. I think it's... Let me look up the year to make sure. Um, no, Bright Rock Film. There we go. Five years later um, for the 1976 Winter Olympics held in Austria, um, mm-hmm. a guy named Tony Maylam made a movie called White Rock. So this, these are the Winter Olympics. Okay. And the gimmick with this one, these are all official Olympic films too, if that hasn't been made clear. The, this was how a lot of people experienced the Olympics, was through these films back in the day. Um, the gimmick with this one, um, it's not quite as clever as Visions of Eight, where you have eight masters making their own short stories. Um, it mm. instead is that um, James Coburn not only narrates, okay. but stars in the film. Okay. And he will like introduce the different sports to you. And then what follows is often like literally like Michael Mann level abstract camera work with a score done by Rick Wakeman from Yes. (laughs) It is the coolest movie ever made. It is 76 (laughs) minutes long. It is unbelievable. And it is so much fun. And Coburn keeps walking out and introducing. And he'll be like pretending to go on the bobsled. And be like, did you really think it was me on the bobsled? (laughs) it's amazing that's funny it's so good okay but yeah there i will yeah there's a lot to um enjoy in there i think the olympic films unfortunately are so closely associated with most people with the world's most famous nazi filmmaker when so many of the other ones blow her film out of the waters in the first place yeah are full of all these really interesting kind of kind of takes on how to cover this same kind of thing that happens every two to four years yeah Maybe I'll watch Visions of Eight because, as I have stated in the past, the best setting for any fiction is West Germany. I mean, <laughs> watching like all the like seventies weightlifters, where it's like such a different world than athletes today. I was just like, this is what I should have been in a past <laughs> life. It's just like a huge guy picking up big rocks. <laughs> sure, but but yeah. Some great 70s looks on these people mm-hmm. as well. I feel like, um, uh, did you really think it was me on that bobsled is what all of these Annapurna games are striving to reach. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good goal. Uh, I mean, JJ, would are you submitting that as your... Uh, I mean, I haven't watched it in a while, but yeah, it's great. You should check it out. Check out Marathon, the other Olympic doc that's structured like a marathon. Um, yeah. No, I, I'm. this is very stereotypically me, but um, I am in the process of, you know, legally catching up with the films of Hong Sang-soo, which is a tough thing to do when you are living in a small Midwestern city that doesn't have an art cinema anymore and keeps closing its... Sure multiplexes um but i just recently watched um what i guess is now a 2021 feature um in front of your face and i found it to be his best movie since probably the day after if not Mm -hmm. even before then if not yourself and yours um i thought it was tremendously moving um definitely the most moving film he's maybe ever made has a Mm -hmm. third act kind of like it seems like it's such a simple structure, and it is in so many ways, especially for someone who is so slyly subverting all the ways we process narrative information. Um, and it is doing that because it has this emotional hammer that it delivers and then lingers in for a really long time. And 
I um, sob my way through the last 30 minutes, which is not usually what happens with Hong films. And um, mm-hmm. really, really, really loved it. And I've been thinking about it quite a bit in the couple of weeks since I watched it. Yeah, it's a really good one. Yeah, It's, it's one... Um, I'm sort of on the uh, uh, opposite end of a lot of people where I think that one is the one that is like sticking out this decade or that and novelist film, which is uh, the one I haven't seen. But uh, the one that I like to stick up for, if I may, is introduction, which I think is his best of the decade. um, And is sort of the one of this crop that has really spoke to me. Um, But I also uh, walk up when that one gets, uh, that's sort of the newest one. It hasn't made the rounds yet. It's not the newest one one anymore. Oh, I guess In Water is the newest one, yes. Walk Up Um, is coming out like this weekend or next weekend, I think. Sure, yeah. Walk Up is another, it's another, uh, I thought of In Front of Your Face Mm -hmm. a lot with that one. Um, Mm. But yeah, he's just the best. (laughs) He is. I don't know if we're getting Walk Up, but yeah. Well, is there any, um, uh, you know, social media you'd like to plug of yours, JJ? Anything else you can, obviously, you, anything you would like to plug uh, personally? Yeah, you listen pay. to Blank Check, whatever. Um, they whatever. can use the help. Yeah. They could use the bombs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Pay attention to the credits at the end. Don't skip over the credits. <laughs> yeah. If they ever say, <laughs> yeah. They ever say... It's interesting to call the end of a podcast credits. <laughs> <laughs> I've never yeah, really I thought mean... of it that way. <laughs> They're um, coming soon uh, on this one. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be a post-credit scene in ours. <laughs> um, you can follow me on all, well, really just Twitter and Letterboxd. Don't, don't send me, don't be one of these people who sends an Instagram request to me. Unless I know you, you're not seeing pictures of my daughter. But JJDup is yeah. all over the place. If you uh, pay attention in the coming days, there might be a new Letterboxd account called Remdopbiz. Whoa. Because my daughter has expressed interest in having me manage a Letterboxd account for her. She said her favorite films earlier today, what she wants to be there. So, God. Uh, if someone had, like, tr- kept track of my logs from childhood, <laughs> that would yeah. be crazy. If I had, like, that history of, like, when I first saw That's part of what I'm thinking about. <laughs> really? Yeah. Are you, Emil, em, oh, Emilio watched the Power Rangers <laughs> Time. <laughs> yeah. It'll really mess up your all-time stats for sure. I, yeah. I asked her today, "What do you want to be your favorite films?" And she very seriously thought, and she went, hmm. "Toy Story 4. Sure. Toy Story Two. Yeah. <laughs> Toy Story Three. <laughs> Toy Story One. Wow. I was like, okay. Cool." Great, I can do that. Poor Lightyear. No, no Lightyear left. I, <laughs> I don't want to have to explain yeah. that one to her. <laughs> <laughs> the story's of Chris Evans. Yeah, he nailed it. But yeah, JJ yeah, my, is everywhere. My childhood letterbox is like he get home every day from school and watch The Water Boy <laughs> um, for uh, one full year. Um, yeah. A tag sat next to my sister while she watched it because I had nothing else to do for the Lizzie McGuire movie yeah. for eight times. Um, well, uh, if you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, you can do so at Can I Kick It. 
If you want to follow us on Letterboxd or Instagram, we're at CIKIPod. If you want to email us any comments, questions, anything of that sort, mm-hmm. you can do that at uh, canikickitpod at gmail.com. Yeah, if you want to talk games with us, uh, <laughs> game theory. <laughs> if you want to talk um, game thing, theory, yeah. I'll, I'll do that one. <laughs> where, yeah, yeah, where do you think the word headed? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, anything's open on the email. Um, uh, Andy was mentioning Lori yeah. Lightfoot before we started recording. I was. <laughs> if you want to chop it up with him about her, we can get we can get that going, facilitate that. Uh, and if more, most importantly, if you'd like to... Uh, if you enjoy what you're listening to and you want to support us in any way, uh, you can do so at coffee.com slash caniko-fi.com slash c-a-n-n-e-s-i. And then if you want to follow any of us on social media, I'm everywhere at Clatchley, Andy. At Andy T. Germ. Emilio? I'm laugh alone on Twitter. I laugh alone on Letterboxd. And Jesse. J C P G L I C K W E B B E R. And with that, I will release our audience. Bye. 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 Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Here we um, oh God. <laughs> the... <One thing. laughs> Go ahead. We should talk about the Avicii Levels video game. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, save it, save it. <laughs> um...